Welcome to Occasionally Awesome. I'm Nick Youssef. I'm Kevin Christie. This episode is going to be fun. Travel app. Yeah. Speaking of which, it's in Palm Springs yesterday. Today, sorry. And yesterday. <laughs> um, I did that Fantasy Springs casino gig. Yeah. Super cool, man. Laid back gig as far as gigs go. Really? Yeah. How big was the room? Um, I sat a couple hundred. For an okay. improv, it was pretty small. Oh, it's right. improv. Yeah, yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. So That's just better. In, in Fantasy Springs. Oh, uh, okay. Um, or in Fantasy Springs Casino in Indio. So, yeah, dude, laid back gig, fun, and then hop over to Palm Springs after that, Snap. chill out. Snap. Uh, a lot of comics were out there, too. It was fun. Oh, good. They had that festival. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, it was pretty good. It's like you, you come, like... There's no more relaxing drive on a freeway with traffic after you just, like, spend a day yeah, sitting out by a pool, like, hanging out with people, having, like, casual conversations, and just, like, we don't have to do anything for a day. <laughs> and then you're driving on the 10, and you're like, yeah, man, cut me off. It's all good. <laughs> you can have the lane. Yeah, I'll dude, wash no. your car for you later if you want. No big deal. Yeah, everything's fine. Yeah. I'm going to take a nap. Let the car drive itself home. Um, um, but, yeah, that's what traveling uh, can do for you. How did this episode even come up? Like, Ed was like... Ed was listening to our other travel episode and getting <laughs> upset at either either my lack of knowledge or... Yeah. Because yeah. you'd only been to Europe once anyway, so yeah, it's like, what were you really going to know? Yeah, so he was texting me. He was like, I'm listening to this travel episode, and I can literally answer all these questions. That's so so I was like, well, why don't you come on, and you can discuss your travels. Yeah. So Ed Templeton is our guest. Deanna is also our guest. Passively, yeah. a reluctant guest. <laughs> a reluctant guest. She picked up the microphone like yeah. four or five times, and uh, they just we just talked to him about. He's been to Europe a bajillion times. He talks about you know tra- what his travels through Europe are like, where he likes, kind of how he does it, how what he's learned from yeah. traveling so much, and it's you know interesting. Yeah, it's cool. He got to like grow up as a traveler and a person going to Europe once or twice a year because his yeah. first experiences, as he will discuss in the episode. Were when he was a 19-year-old skater. Yeah. So he was just, like, all of a sudden arriving in, like, Germany. Had no... Never had left America. Didn't know Germany. Oh, what do I do? All I want to do is skate. So you get stories from his early days as a skater just doing competitions in Europe. Yeah. And then he, like, they figured out how to travel. And now they go to, like, the coolest places. Some of the places they described were, like... One of them was, like, somewhere in Greece or Italy... And as they were talking about it, I started, like, daydreaming about how I would just... I'm like, I want to leave here and go there immediately. Goodbye, America. I'm going to go live there for a year and just work in a hut selling sunscreen (laughs) to people. I don't know. I'll get some job so I can, like, afford to live there. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, I have not done any traveling through Europe or any, like, cool exotic places. So if you have, this will be good for you. And if you haven't, you can learn where to go. Um, Ed's very informative. Like, he does his fucking research um and then there's like a decent amount of like you guys talk about art and there's a lot of the 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 trips he does nowadays are for um for gallery shows yeah a lot of times him and deanna him or deanna have a show somewhere and they kind of use that as a catalyst to go places yeah so there's a lot of uh a lot of good like where to visit museum information in this episode where when how how to avoid crowds yeah, and museums that are not that are most people's first choice. You guys are like, here's why you don't go there. Yeah. So all of that was new information to me. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
So yeah, this is a this is a you learn a lot about art museums traveling in Europe in this episode. So if you're about to do any summer's coming up too. Oh yeah. So if you're about to go to Europe, um, this will help you. It really will. Um, Ed's a great guy. We appreciate uh, him and Deanna both taking the time out of their busy days to come up here and do this. So uh, send them your love on social media. They're both on Instagram and Twitter. And they're very active. They always post awesome photos on Instagram. Because, yeah, they're good follows. Yeah, they're good. They're good photographers and stuff. Uh, so tell them how much you enjoyed the episode because they, they were really like happy to do it and happy to share all, all, all the information uh, that they've gathered over the years. So we'll keep this intro nice and short uh, and let you enjoy this episode and hit us with anything you got, you know, advice of your own, general questions, comments, concerns. Uh, we're always happy to answer them. Contact at NickYousef.com. Uh, com for gigs, which are up there or in intros past. There's nothing exciting coming up till probably May or June. So, um, And Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff. We're here for you. Enjoy this episode. Bye. Or... Life's yeah, multiple now. hour. I'm like 12 hours out. Oh, no, there's a show before that a lot of time. No, I'm yeah. talking like a day. I think I read into this because that's what I used to think too. Like, it's going to die. <laughs> like, how long is it going to live? But I looked it up and I think I was surprised to say like, it can live up to three days or something. Yeah, or right. longer. Certain, yeah. I mean, it like... Certain environments are better, of course. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I can't know. have, especially for some reason at the comedy store, like I can't have that microphone touching my face <laughs> like if i'm talking and like my lip or my tongue like if i'm yeah. getting it clo- and i and it touches it uh, i'm i'm out of focus for the rest of the set i'm like oh my i'm like i gotta just bail now and go <laughs> use you think about? i gotta go home and brush my teeth and where's listerine yeah. they should have listerine on stage yeah in the event that your face touches <laughs> i've I'm never so i don't gross. i can't think of a single time it's touched my mouth ever yeah. Are there people who put it in their mouth? Bobby Lee. Bobby Lee. We're all concerned for the same reason. It's just Bobby Lee. Yeah. And PJ Stansberry. <laughs> all right. Pick up your mic, D. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? So they have, wait, we should have a dental dam. Yeah. A that's dental dam for idea. microphones. Say, say that idea into the microphone. I mean, they have foam covers. People use foam covers. But then everything gets onto the covers. Then you just have a no, sponge no. of disease. I remember Morgan Murphy had her own, and she would like put it over the mic before oh, she like as bad. she went on stage. That's not bad. Yeah. But yeah, someone once told me, they're like, have you ever smelled the microphone? I'm like, why would anyone yeah. do that? It's, I have. It's fucked up. Yeah, I, would, I don't <laughs> ever want to do that. It's fucked up. So these just they just stay there all the time. Yeah, yeah. They never clean them. Like, it doesn't occur to anyone. We're talking like, years of use. Oh yeah. Years yeah. of. People I mean, they, they into probably it. get a new one every three years or something. Yeah, they eventually like because people drop them and during act outs and they and, and they eventually just dent or they break. Yeah. Or, and then like yeah, every three or four years. I noticed a new one like in the last like year. I was like, oh, fancy. Yeah. Or the the where the mic plugs in will yeah. start to f- kind of go in and out and then th- they won't even do it they'll still wait four months yeah there's tape go, on it now yeah they go people can't hear us the mic keeps going in and they're like alright we'll replace it in like four to six weeks <laughs> <laughs> and then they do it. and now the place makes money like they're doing great yeah there's great, no real excuse anymore but they're still used to their like we'll get around to it 
yeah philosophy yeah. of getting things done that's funny you get derailed if you touch if it touches your face i i feel like at art openings and things when i'm i end up shaking tons of hands yeah and all i can think about i don't i don't get it i don't think i'm as bad as you <laughs> like or like trips out my whole night <laughs> but i but it does kind of like i always want to you know i'll get into the car to go home yeah and I just am dying to pick a booger out of my nose. <laughs> you know, there's like, I can feel it just existing there. I want to do, I want to rub my yeah, eye or something, you know? There. And I, that's when I start freaking out. Cause I'm just like, I just get obsessively, I don't know. I'm waiting for the sink. You know, I need to wash my hand before I can touch my face. I was told that when you would watch the old tonight show, when you'd see Jay Leno, he would shake everybody's hands and then he would put his hands in his pockets. I was told he had hand like sanitizer wipes in there. <laughs> and that's how he would do this weird shaking motion in his pockets. Weird. Like he'd shake everybody's hands, be like, all right. And you'd see him like shove his hands in his pockets, both hands. And he'd kind of move them around. It's because he had like <laughs> hand oh, sanitizer hand wipes in there. Yeah, because he didn't want to get sick. He'd shake like 30 people's hands in the front row. Is that one of those? Oh, okay. Urban... The audio. Thought... Uh, yeah, I don't know if it's an urban yeah. legend or not. Because he could have just had some weird, like he just is a hand in his pocket. Yeah. I mean, maybe, yeah, maybe it may have been a set or, you know. I don't know. I wouldn't blame him though. Yeah. Just have a pump of Purell on his right on his desk there in camera view. Yeah, That'd be funny. <laughs> yeah, he did it like he just like this giant oversized jar and he just pumps it and his wipe and then the guests are like, "Is it weird? That yeah, everyone's like, I'm kind of yeah. insulted. <laughs> you guys are filthy. Yeah. Thanks for being here. Like a sixty ounce thing. Yeah, of Purell. <laughs> do you, his view. I mean, do you bug out with like the? Do you buy into the recycled air concept on planes that you're just like? breathing everyone's filth on his passengers yeah it's definitely a place where you're more susceptible to germs i always thought that some air how being air brought into the plane from outside like ventilation from just you know from the outside also how I, do you mean my impression is that it's recycled air gross i mean can't <laughs> let, there's no like vents when you're thirty thousand feet like there's no like i mean air gets goes into the plane in some way like you know it goes in the jets i don't know yeah you're right you can't have like an open thing it'll like get ripped off but i thought yeah. some air made its way into the plane on purpose now too. i want to look this up and find out these yeah. are the kind of things i like to discover right but yeah it is gross you feel gross deanna uses one of these uh electro electrode things she wears it on her neck and it's supposed to uh activate electrodes so they don't i don't know it's i read into it and it's ionizer yeah one of those yeah yeah yeah. i see people they have the bracelet version yeah so do those work no it makes her feel (laughs) like nope (laughs) it's like a placebo never gotten sick before yeah ever in your life not from flying (laughs) oh okay this is working but yeah (laughs) they don't work i look it's total (laughs) quackery but if it makes you feel better it works it really has there's a lot of power in it to wear one too I did until I and then I was like I look like a dork and I read up about it. Do I need to wear this? Oh no, I don't. It's it's totally stupid. It's like is it like those bracelets? <laughs> Remember those bracelets, the magnetized bracelets? Everyone was so excited about the copper ones that were supposed yeah. to like even everything out. Yeah, yeah, they'd even some some chemical or element yeah, in your like body, your balance, yeah, some shit. And like you'll walk better. You're like I can Ask, just, all I can the athletes walk had better. them for a while. Like yeah. all the athletes had these co- those bracelets. Yeah, it's when like you, yeah when they have, when they have those diet fads or those like workout fads is like. This is the new thing that'll fix your body without any extra effort. And We've evolved go, to this state, and we're pretty good at 
you don't need shampoo. It's better not to wash your hair. There's, there's all this stuff. <laughs> I think you need shampoo. I mean, granted, I wash my hair maybe once every three, three weeks. Oh. Maybe, <laughs> may, you might, I probably go a month for sure. Uh, wait, without water touching it? No, water touches it every day. Oh, just I mean like shampoo. shampoo. See, I've heard that in the last couple of years too, where they go, you only need to shampoo your hair like twice a week, once a week, or, yeah. or whatever it is. But as opposed to when it used to be like every single day of your life or something. Yeah. Yeah, I was just talking to a guy who's, who read a big article about it, how if you stop using shampoo, your hair will get greasy, but then your body will, will react, your skin and your scalp will reacclimate, and it'll actually start getting back to normal. You know, like you'll go through a stage of your body's used to the shampoo, right? so it'll get greasy for a little bit, but then it'll kind of even out, and he was saying it's really bad for your scalp to have shampoo all the time. Yeah, it can't be good to have all, this, all these chemicals. Like they say... Even washing your hands too much or using too much hand sanitizer isn't good because it kills. Yeah, you're killing all the. Um, no, I'm, I'm, I'm terrible at podcasting. I'm realizing. <laughs> yeah, you're doing great. <laughs> you're killing all the bacteria. So there you go. <laughs> there you go. Now you're good at podcasting again. Yeah. You're back. You're killing you're all back. the bacteria, so <laughs> so you don't build an immunity to exactly, those yeah. things. Yeah, I buy into the super bug thing that yeah. all the all the disinfectants are creating super bugs. Yeah. It's true. Super kids are staff. kids are spo- you're supposed to let your kids t- pick everything up with the, off of the ground and eat it too, and yeah. put it in their mouth. That's that's part of their getting that their bacteria in their gut to a yeah. good level, and that's it's better for them if you are like sanitizing your kid, not let them pick up anything, not let them touch anything. He's going to be like a sickly, weird adult. Like a, bu- a bubble boy. Yeah. <laughs> a comedy writer. Right. <laughs> That's why they say kids should have like pets when they're younger so they don't like develop allergies against them or whatever, like dogs and cats and stuff like that. Oh. That's true. Yeah. I didn't know that. Isn't this a travel show? Yep. Yeah. We'll get there. <laughs> we're, we're, it's part of the journey. Okay. Uh, you know what you did say earlier, I think right before we started, was you didn't, there was something you didn't do because you guys never get up that early. It was like some sports radio thing you were mentioning. You're like, we don't get up early. And that immediately made me think, how does getting up early affect your traveling? Like, we, is that your least favorite part where you're like, this yeah, fucking flight's it. at seven? The points that we go, the, the lengths we go to to not wake up in the morning right. are comical to most people, I'm sure. <laughs> Deanna, we will, like, just to visit my mom, who lives two hours away in Hemet, uh, we will get a hotel. So we can just get there. We can be there in the morning. We'll drive at night, get a hotel, and then be able just for the, just for an extra hour. You know? <laughs> wow! We have to be there at ten instead of getting up at at you know eight and trying to drive there. We'll just sleep there and get up at ten and then drive straight over there. Yeah. Wow. Because she hates to get up. I mean, I I'm kind of like I don't like it either. But I mean, I've got like practical. an email from you at like nine thirty. 10? Yeah, I drift. Today I woke up at 9. Yeah, you were on Instagram nine-ish. pretty early. You guys hit the pier kind of early today, right? No, we weren't at the pier today. Oh, you didn't do the pier. That was like <laughs> a yesterday pick? Yeah. You lazy pieces of shit. Uh-oh, we just found out the secret. <laughs> you oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've never been... That was from four months ago. I've never been very Insta with my Instagram. Oh, uh, <laughs> okay. If I were to post right when I posted on the pier... I would get stalked a lot more by weirdos. Oh, uh, okay. Not that I, that's not why I do it though, but I usually just sh- am in the flow of shooting and then I post all my photos right when I'm leaving the pier. 
And then I'll get a bunch of kids like, oh, you're still there. I'm trying to find you. Or, you know, it's just like, oh, oh, I'm yeah, at my house. Yeah, yeah. That's fun. I'm sitting on They're my They're holding now. up the photo. Yeah, the like, Huntington Beach. Right here. <laughs> the Huntington Beach Pier is a, a strong place for you to get recognized. It's it's turned into a meet and greet lately. It's, oh. I've, blood, I've blood on my spot. We were walking. A cop walked out of Starbucks, <laughs> and I saw the recognized face. He didn't yeah. say anything, but he kind of went. And then <laughs> they were walking behind us, and I heard him say to another cop, like, Hey, look at this is the guy that, uh, and I couldn't hear what he said, but yeah. I, I'm pretty sure he was like, that's the Instagram guy. Fuck. Police. Yeah. <laughs> the cops. Wow. The cops, man. Well, they probably could use your Instagram as some sort of incriminating evidence to, you know, as evidence. You never know if there's a crime that happened. They'd be like, check that guy's Instagram. He photographs the pier. I purposely walked around them a little bit, uh-huh. hoping that they would strike up a conversation with me. I didn't want to go up to him and say, hey, what's up? But uh, Yeah. <laughs> I was hoping they'd be like, want you know, whatever, say something to me so I can talk to them because I wanted to read them because my worry is that I've posted a bunch of s- photos of them shaking people down. Right. Oh. I'm super even-handed because I am not anti the cops, but the community that follows me hates the cops. Yeah. <laughs> the skateboard community hates the cops. So I'll put right. any photo of a cop that goes up. It's like 50 Fuck the cops. hashtag a cab. Yeah. You know, all cops are bastards. Uh, yeah, fuck the cops. Just on and on and on to where, and I, you know, people don't have a, people are really uh, prone to judge me by my commenters, I've found out. Like, yeah. People will write a bunch of lame comments and then it's like I'm the asshole somehow. When you go back to my comment, I didn't say anything. I just write daily HP Pure photo. Yeah. Didn't say anything for or against these cops. I was just showing a scene. But then suddenly it turns into this cop hate thing. So I'm, I, I wanted to read them to see if they were, I don't know bummed on me or whatever <laughs> figure it out i think i mean i don't know i bet you they kind of they're even-handed about it too yeah i mean they can tell i think the difference you're like a grown adult i hope so you know <laughs> i hope so yeah i don't know i mean a lot of the cops are you know kids they're like 28 year old kids who are they're part of complete, a generation now doofuses. that like yeah, yeah and I mean, they probably there's probably a lar- a pretty large percentage of them that were skaters at one point Maybe. I always see footage of like a cop doing a kickflip on Instagram somewhere, and you're like, "Whoa!" Yeah, you're, like, you're still like, "Whoa!" Human. Or like a security yeah. guard, you're like, "What the fuck?" Yeah. <laughs> we were in London with Deanna's family this year. We did a little family trip with uh, our niece and Deanna's brother and uh, his wife. And I was walking in Leicester Square, like uh, on the street from Leicester Square to Piccadilly Circus, and a cop said, "Hey." Excuse me, or I don't. Some it was kind of the tone was very stern, right? And I thought, oh shit, I did something like, yeah. Or am I getting busted for shooting photos of people in the streets or something like? Right. I don't know. And uh, he's like, hey, and I turn around, I'm like, yeah, and he's just like, you at Templeton? <laughs> and got a photo with me. That's nice. <laughs> it was kind of cool. So I had this photo with a one of the bobbies. Isn't that one of that was one of the king of kings of the road challenges was like find a cop that can do a heel flip or something like that oh yeah yeah and like the all everyone kind of did it it wasn't like that super they were like oh wait or a security guard wasn't that hard to find yeah yeah like they were able to find like <laughs> yeah, a lot of <laughs> the very first guy they asked yeah sure like yeah you want to switch yeah. <laughs> <laughs> tray flip what do you, what do you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i mean where's your where was the first place i mean you went places as a skater obviously I've got to travel the world as a skater, yeah. I mean, I mean, was the first time, when you won those contests, was that the first time you went to Europe for the first time? My first trip to Europe was, yeah, straight to Munster, Germany. Right. And... How old were you, you think? At the 18. Oh, uh, 
Yeah, I was just, I turned pro in 1990. I was 18 years old. Got sent to Europe. Um, had no one told me anything. <laughs> it, it was I just got on a flight by myself. Yeah, you said you arrived at the airport and there was no one there to greet you. No one was there. <laughs> Whoa. I didn't. Know, I, I kind of like didn't think it through. I just said, "Okay, I'm here." Yeah. <laughs> and then I uh, didn't didn't think about the practicality of it. I was like, you know, you're young and you're just excited and you just go there. So I got out there and then th- that's when I thought of it, which is the worst time to think about. It. I literally got off the plane and went, holy shit, I don't know how to get to the hotel. <laughs> what do I, I do? I don't know how to speak the language. <laughs> oh man. This is 1990. It's like, do you uh, have any money? I don't think I had any money. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I this roamed, was, were you on new deal? I was on new deal, which is a brand new company, brand new company. You couldn't like have someone this is Venmo before your money. ATMs were yeah. integrated, so you know, I yeah, I wouldn't. There's was, no Google Maps. I was, I was this is some of, traveler's check bullshit time. Yeah, I was screwed, and uh, I wandered the airport, <laughs> and I saw from a distance. I saw some guys putting their luggage on a cart, and they had skateboards, and just so I was like, "This is these guys must be going to the contest too." So I sort of drifted over to them. And looked around, and I don't think I recognized them really. And uh, but they recognized me. It was Jake Phelps. Okay, <laughs> it was Jake Phelps from Thrasher, and he was like, "Hey, Doubleton, hey, come with us. We're going to the hotel. Like we're going." And I was just like, "All right," and I just like, just, like got saved and got to the hotel and and yeah, checked in and figured it out from there. But there was a there was a period there where I was petrified. People make the Europe thing sound like people that do it make it sound easy like oh you just get on a train you go to here and you go to there and it's it, super easy and when I hear it I'm like nah, I don't want like, it sounds very complex it to me it sounds like everything is connected by trains in the same way it is in New York where it's just like no you just hop on this train and then you're there in 20 minutes I'm like you could just hop from country to country as yeah. if it's going from midtown to like Soho you <laughs> that's don't how need, it you sounds you don't need a car there at all wow yeah. at all every city has great public transportation the public transportation between each city is amazing. Um, How I mean, it's insane that Europe can be that integrated, and the city of Los Angeles still hasn't figured out how to get us from point A to B in a, in a subway. I mean, they are way older. Those cities are super super old. They've had time. They were there. I mean, before, we used to have it here. They were there before were they, cars. Yeah. Those cities. Yeah. So it's kind of there's a there's a network and a and a culture there that had that. I mean, they had trolleys here. You're right. They had, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. There's a bunch L of trains. stories about different yeah. businessmen trying to kill it for whatever reason. Yeah. You know, yeah, the auto industry. Yeah. I mean, there's yeah. A, there's those stories. I don't, I don't know if we want to get into that stuff, but um, it's really logical. It's kind of surprisingly logical, though. In 1990, I was the I was the kid who kind of figured it out. I read into it and fumbled through it, and therefore, all these skate teams would be going from city to city on trains and they'd get to their, they'd get to the train station and just be looking around and, yeah. and they'd all come to me cause they knew I figured it out. <laughs> and so all these random teams that uh, people I barely knew knew it was like the word in the, the word on the street was Ed Templeton knows how to get, how to use the trains, you know? <laughs> cause there's stories of like Chris Markovich would like get on a train and then walk to a car where there wasn't people and fall asleep without looking at the sign on the outside that says, this train's going to split overnight yeah. and go somewhere else. And oh, these wow. guys would, it, there's always stories of these guys ending up in different <laughs> cities because they just, you know, they weren't looking at the, tr- you know, but it, it's just logical. Everything in Europe is super logical. I found it's all there. You just have to kind of be able to read it. Right. Once you can read it, you, it's makes so much sense. It's just like, that's my train. Even the platforms will have uh, a, a built, a little 
poster that says composition of trains. So you're like, it's super easy. You're just like, oh, I'm going, I'm taking the 530 train to Dusseldorf and it's, it's train number five and you look at train number five and it'll have a little diagram of the train first class and it tells you where the car is. And then on the platform, there's letters, A, B, C, D, E. And so you can look on your, where your car is, look up and it'll say, oh, this is at A. So you can actually, it tells you exactly where to stand on the platform. Right. So when the train comes up, you're you're right there. You just hop on. You don't have to like... It's that specific? It's super specific. And we, before that, we used to like, you know, the train would roll in and we'd be like, there's our car. And it would like go by and then stop and we'd have to run down the track and get yeah. on, you know, get down. And, you know, and then I started figuring out like, oh, it's all, everything's written and it's like spelled out for you if you can wow. just fumble through the language barrier a little bit. Um, you have something to say, Dee? Pick up the microphone. I was just going to say though, that's if you're basically in first class with reservations if you're doing second class then sometimes you don't have seat reservations and yeah it's I mean, more of a gamble yeah you can just get on where you want for yeah. second class but i mean for the most part if you know where you're sitting if you have a seat reservation you can find out exactly where to stand on the platform so that the train comes up and you basically walk right on your train and, and go there and and this they have a little paper system and they put this the reservation thing on each seat is really wow. super efficient and nice. It's so these are for like long distance rides. No, even short, even short. Well, some of the shorter ones, yeah, are a little more free form. Like, yeah, these are like reservation ticket. They here. go so often. It's almost like a subway. It's like a train okay. that goes from one city to a, a city only half an hour away. Then yeah, there's probably not, you can, you can order seat reservations on those, but most people oh, wow. don't. Cause it's just like, yeah, it's you kind of like pay on the train. You can, you can pay on the train. Yeah. yeah. I think it might be a little more if you pay and on then the train. As far as like, uh, affordability for for that stuff if you wanted to like ride first class or or whatever does it do they make it affordable or is it for people under is it 25 under 25 you get a euro pass and there's a bunch of different offers for that that only works for second class though they don't do euro passes for first yeah you can't get a euro pass for first class but for second class if you're like a kid and you want to travel around europe on the cheap you get a Euro pass and they have, they offer different ones. For instance, you can get one that's like a five country pass and you wow. select the five countries you're going to go to. And that might be cheaper than getting like a full on everywhere pass, you know? Right. Wow. So you can s- kind of specify what you need. And you, then you, when you get those five country pass, you write in like, I'm going to go to Switzerland. I'm going to go to, and you activate it before you get there. And, uh, all that you is- have to do is have someone stamp it. Like it's, you're on, like it's starting. And then, and then you you also do it by months too, so you can go, you can get off and on the trains as many times as you want. Like if you get a month long pass, or you could do it in trips. 10 yeah, there's days. a trip one where you can do. I, I bought ten trips anywhere on any train. Yeah. Or you can do it just by time. Where I got a month pass, I can do as much train travel as I want in this month. So there's a lot of different options. It's and it's really easy. It's raileurope.com, right? RailEurope.com and you can get wow, all this they stuff. they just make it so easy for it's you super to like easy. visit all these countries. We used to freeform it while we were there and we'd wait in these lines and stuff and then we realized like we don't even have to wait in these lines. Deanna books the entire trip now from her computer at home. The, buys all the specific train tickets in the countries and everything mm-hmm. and we don't have to wait in any lines ever now like wow. in these crazy strange because stations. the lines suck the lines especially suck. in European Amsterdam lines. when you were saying you really love Amsterdam that yeah. was like the worst train station I like we would just die and grow old there waiting for our number yeah. to <laughs> European lines are different than US lines we sort of have an etiquette people just it's like an arrow pointing towards the window yeah. it's like everyone just barges it it's been a little better over the years, but you'll always, 
every time you're in a line, there's like five different times where someone just thinks they can walk up to the front and get a ticket. And a lot of times it works and you're just, you just want it, your head explodes. All those times were Russians. It's just, <laughs> <laughs> wow. so when you were younger and you were going to Europe, have you ever, before I ask that, have you ever figured out how many countries you've been to? Have you sat there and counted? No, I haven't actually. So you've just lost count then? Strangely, I haven't been as wide around the world as I wish, as I would like oh. to have. I've never been to China or Brazil, but... Uh, okay. You guys but, um, tend to we've been stick all over with Europe. Europe. We've been all over Europe, yeah. Okay. I mean, we, yeah. we got sent places that for skateboarding that were good for skateboarding. You yeah. Know? So right. Africa, for instance, is like no. not... A, yeah, we weren't going to Africa. I mean, I went to South Africa on a skate trip, though. But, you know, it's crazy that I never went to Brazil or China, but those, those kind of those countries started becoming China, especially became popular as a skate destination kind of after I was getting crusty and not really going on filming trips as much. I mean, how, how many times after that initial first trip to Europe were you going to Europe? Cause that's kind of a big trip for any skate company to send a bunch of people on. I'd go, we, I went to Europe every year throughout the whole nineties to 2000 and past every year. Was it for that contest? Because there was a contest circuit. Yeah. So that was part of the thing. You're 1990 for (laughs) me is when I started, but Every year there was a contest circuit and there'd be, you know, four, three to four contests all over the place. So every year it was the world championships in Munster, Germany. Um, every other year there was a big contest in Lausanne, Switzerland. There was always one in uh, Antwerp, Belgium. Mm-hmm. Um, the first year there was one in Le Grand Barnon, France. It's like a small mountain town up on the French Alps. It's really nice. Um, there was one in Prague every 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 so often. So, you know, depending on who was putting in the contest, each year there was a string that we would all go to. Yeah, you so guys was, do a trip like every year though now. Even now, yeah, for art stuff, we're in Europe pretty much once a year at least. Yeah, sometimes more. And then you usually what kind of tack a trip onto it? Yeah, if we have uh, if I have an exhibition, for instance, then yeah, it's like. The flight is paid for for the exhibition. Right. Deanna is my assistant, so she her flight gets paid for. Right. Um, the hotels are paid for while I'm doing the exhibition, so we're you're already there. Yeah. And set up. It's stupid not to Add take on another the, two weeks yeah, yeah. and do, or you know, two week, weeks. Yeah, a week or two. Oh, whoa. Do, yeah, we're we don't have jobs, so it's like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that is my we job. On, yeah, you're at work. Yeah. yeah, we've done like months. You know, well, like yeah, I mean, I'll be like, hey, do you want to do this? And you're like, well, we're gonna be this place till yeah. July. I'm like, it's April. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like post a show, you guys will just like straight up go to Europe and stay there. Well, at this we point, done, it's so easy to get around. What? We've done like a two, little over two month trip. We've done two months yeah. at a time. Wow. Right, before. because we had a show in the beginning and then we had a show in the end. So. I fly back home. Uh, right, yeah. <laughs> she hates to fly, so we that's part of it. You but hate to fly? You fly you to Europe <laughs> twice a year? Yeah. Wow. She hates to fly. She's gotten a lot better. I she mean, we have a bad we have a bad relationship. Like, <laughs> no, they don't work for me. But they actually did the opposite. You're one of those people. What they make the sleeping pill wakes you up. Yeah, well, it wasn't technically like a regular sleeping pill. I think it was it was se- or melatonin Some, or something. One of those non-working. Right. A goddamn vitamin store yeah. hippie yeah. sleeping pill. Yeah. Yeah. Pill. That's just, not going to work. If she put it, if you put so an Ambien in her, she probably would work. Yeah, Am- I'd never taken that stuff, and I took an Ambien to fly home from, I guess, Amsterdam. 
and I was out so hard. I've never slept just, that like, well in my entire in life. Yeah. I was like, oh, I get sleeping pill addiction. That was glorious. <laughs> it was so good. <laughs> this is I've the never, great. I've never taken one. Oh, dude. Me then they would work super great. That's the thing. If you've never taken them, yeah. they work like I took, I think I took a half of one. Right. And Whitney gave me, she was like, oh, just take half because you've never taken one. And I was like, this, I like. 15 minutes after I took it I was sleeping She's like sir We're in Los Angeles Wake <laughs> yeah. up You're like what? For real I like woke up once to eat It was a 10 hour flight <clears throat> Wow I went back to sleep It was so good So That's- when you take them They just like up me, Make you alert Well it just made me It, it just made it, it way more, more intense Like yeah I was It just instilled more <laughs> fear in you yeah, I was shaking I, was you, you've, I think you've gotten a lot better Oh man well, yeah, We have a bad uh, relationship story Where she got sick on a flight and started hurling. We got <laughs> off the flight. I wasn't hurling on the flight. It was. She basically took like five steps off the ramp of the flight into the, you know, lounge where you get off the flight. And yeah. There's everyone there waiting for the next flight, and started hurling. Yeah. <laughs> and I was so embarrassed that I was younger, and I was think I didn't I didn't have like husband skills yet. <laughs> I was so embarrassed that I kept walking like I didn't know her. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> She's been pissed at me for that forever. Yes, I think it's funny. I just oh, you think it's funny now? You used to be <laughs> so like, mad at me. <laughs> we're hitting a pillar. It's like, well, especially, I think we just stood up. They're like, okay, you can exit the plane. And I knew right then I needed to go, but there's no way you're getting through the aisle to get to the bathroom. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. I just kind of held it until we got right off and then it was just open space. And yeah, as I'm hurling, I just see it. Just keep walking. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, I'll catch you at the luggage. <laughs> Oh, who's, that, who's that freak barfing? I'm not with her. <laughs> <laughs> Look at this weirdo barfing. What's her yeah. problem, guys? <laughs> who's that total stranger I've never met before in my life? He did circle around once I was done, though. Are you done? <laughs> <laughs> but no, I think I have got. You didn't get her a water for her now fiery throat pain? No. Jesus, dude. Yeah, that's what I mean. I, I think I would have worked better at this point in my life. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That might have been the same trip, too, if it was... It was most likely for skateboarding where I think everyone decided, I think we might have been on the trip for a week and everyone's laundry, like everyone was getting all smelly and stuff and everyone needed to do laundry. And then just all the guys at one, at one time just looked at me like, Hey, she could do it. Like, why do we You're all a girl? need to Jesus. <laughs> stay here? Oh no. <laughs> Skaters are the worst. I know. You guys just like, we, we went to a laundromat in German, had no idea how to figure it out and you guys just all took off like okay we're gonna go skate we'll see you in a while awful people you're awful people that's terrible group of awful young men yeah (laughs) skaters are truly bad people (laughs) it's just the idea of it to me is so funny that they just like unload a bunch of young reckless skaters in a foreign country and they're like figure it out and you're just like how do we do anything you guys didn't finish high school (laughs) (laughs) Try to try to find stuff in a foreign yeah. language. Like all they have are their skateboards, and they don't know where their luggage is. Yeah, like yeah. it's the beginning of the movie about these skaters. <laughs> well, most, yeah. of them, most of them didn't do much except for hang out at the bars. You know, like wow. it was you know you're you're young and you go to Europe and the drinking laws are way different there. Yeah, way more loose. So it was just like party time. Woohoo! Like I mean, as a skater, you'd have like what one thing to do a day. You'd, yeah, you skate the contest. Like, yeah. yeah, really. And if you narrowed it down to like what you had, I mean, ideally you're there practicing for the day, but technically you have a run that's like 30 seconds. That's all you're actually required to do. <laughs> the whole day of work. Yeah. I mean, like, go there and do your, yeah. do your, take your run, be there for your heat. You know, like your heat might be an hour and you have to do two runs or something. Yeah. That's all you really had to be there for. Some people took it like that where they just 
came and did their practicing, super regimented, and then did their heat and were out of there. Was there, was there anyone who was really good at contests and seemed to never practice and it was like almost annoying how good they were? They did barely had to try but could still like place high? Not that I remember. I don't know. Some some people practice more than others. Well, with practicing, did you did you guys ever get in trouble for like practicing in the streets where you clearly weren't supposed to, but like the signs were in German, so you had no idea? No, this was before. Like in the early days, it was before skateboarding laws and stuff. I mean, oh yeah, I guess I mean, one of the been. cities we could talk about would be Barcelona. Barcelona is a city built for skateboarding. It looks like a skate park. The Everything's curved. They, they do a lot of curvy things, a lot yeah. of banks, a lot of embankments, uh, a lot of smooth, a lot of plaza. It's like a plaza culture. Yeah. The Spanish culture is about, you know, siesta time. These plazas that are empty most of the day are just instantly filled at siesta time with families and kids and people eating and playing and enjoying the outside architecture in the plaza, sitting on the benches, enjoying the sun. It's just not part of California or U.S. culture at right. all. I mean, you see the parks, and they're filled with Mexican families having picnics and stuff. That's like yeah. the Spanish. That's the Spanish uh, style. But then when siesta's over, those those plazas are empty, and there's all of them have insane skate spots. And we would skate there. And the reason skateboarders started descending on Barcelona so much is because no one cared. Yeah, there was like here. There's oh. liability laws, and everyone's <clears throat> yeah. worried about you getting hurt on their property, and you're going to sue them. There's nothing like that over there, and they did. They didn't care. They, I mean, it took almost 15 years of skaters abusing the fuck out of <laughs> yeah. Barcelona for them to actually the residents in general to start passing laws, and they have laws now where you can't skate, but it's still really easy to skate there. Yeah. <laughs> the first cop that must have saw that, like nine skaters just doing like, this could get out of hand. But what are the odds of that happening? <laughs> no, I mean, people people wouldn't care. Uh, cops didn't care. Yeah, I mean, I've watched tons of videos That's from cool. Barcelona. It's always like someone does an insane trick and they always pan the camera over to some old guy who just kind of waves. Yeah. You know? it's, so always it's like skateboarding like, mecca in a way. It's a mecca for skateboarding okay. just because this, there's so many spots and they're so open. But then, you know, over... As as the skaters descended on it so heavily and searched every spot of the city for a different spot, you yeah. know, you'd start finding spots in an apartment complex, and that would work for a long time. But finally, you know, like people are trying to enjoy their life, and kids, people would throw eggs on us, you know, from their apartments because they're like, you're, you know, you're trying to relax, and there's skaters making a yeah. huge racket. Yeah, it's, it's not a pleasant sound in your courtyard. Yeah, yeah. or like yeah. you know, in the whole stuff that people hate here you start waxing up everything so all the ledges are dark and yeah, they're all black. chipped and stuff and like you know i think at some point they realized but it took it took 10 years 10 years of just destroying and the in the 90s that that like carry gets freak out when you didn't land a trick became like popular so oh, every yeah, skater when they board. would bail would just scream and throw their board yeah break right. something make a huge racket it was awful <laughs> yeah you still see kids do it now. You're like, that wasn't a good enough trick for you to be that mad. But it's like the thing you do when you don't land a trick. Right. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> Yeah. Focus your board and stuff. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, yeah, Barcelona is a great skate city. There's tons of, there's everything there. And, uh, but like I was saying, all these kids would go to the bars and hang out. That's what, and I was taking this time to go to museums and stuff. Yeah. I, I was excited to like, I had read enough before going there that I, understood what Europe was and wanted to see these legendary cities and towns and, and was just stoked because I, I was, was just it? like a sober kid. So I was, you know, yeah, 
everyone was more interested in partying and so that left me to just kind of wander around and look at stuff i mean yeah it sounds so silly but like when i went to the museums you're like oh they've been buying stuff for like an extra 600 years so like they have oh, way yeah. better shit like the most famous stuff ever like the national gallery in london is like it's the art you see on mouse pads. It's so yeah. some of the stuff is so famous. Yeah, where you're like, oh, that one, Jesus, that one, the one that you've seen on your mom's mugs for like ever, like a refrigerator yeah. magnet. All the heavy hitters are there. In these yeah, the biggest, like the biggest artists and their most famous paintings are just like there. It's like a hall of fame. Yeah, it's basically the hall yeah. of fame. There's no glass on any of them. You're like, are you should, wait, really? Fuck? Yeah, you can just walk up to stuff. Yeah, the like what the water lilies has no glass over it. Whoa. I mean, this thing, if it's at this point, if they tried to sell it. You could probably get a billion dollars. Yeah. And only, it's just like there. The only thing yeah. that has that's encased in glass like that is uh, the Mona Lisa. Uh-huh. Yeah. And it's not even worth seeing. I, I would. Everyone I tell, says that. It's like such a. Letdown. I tell people if they're going to Paris and they have like only a few days, don't even try it. Everyone thinks like the Louvre, you got to hit the Louvre. It's like, no, the Louvre is going to drain your whole day and it's going to really? suck. It's hall. I mean, it's a massive <clears throat> building and it's hall after hall after room after room of stuff mostly egyptian artifacts greek artifacts pieces of rock pieces of mummies and stuff like that and just like cases with weird objects from china and whatever and so like the art stuff that you're thinking you're gonna see is super little i mean there's like renaissance paintings that are famous a couple famous statues but all the rest of the paintings are real old stuff that you're just like i don't really care about this like yeah the stuff you're probably thinking about when you think art museums is like the Impressionist, the Picasso, yeah, the you'd Van think Gogh, there'd be tons yeah. of that and stuff. that's all at the Musée d'Orsay, which is, you know, I think people know about it, but yeah, it's famous. Um, but that's where you go if you want to see that stuff. And then there's all these littler museums that have all these great things. Like the, did you go to see the? Oh, you didn't go to Paris? No, I didn't go to Paris. There's like a the the Orangerie there, which is a really small museum that barely anyone knows about, has specially designed rooms that I think. Monet designed himself oval wow. rooms, two Whoa. oval chambers that have the water lilies all around it. Yeah. With these circular benches and you can sit in there hey. and it's just amazing. And this is like a tiny museum that no one, you know, no one seems to know about. What's the line like for the Mona Lisa? It's like ridiculous, right? It's encased in a wall with like bulletproof glass and yeah. then a rope and then a rope. Yeah. And then a five to eight thick, throng of Asian tourists all with their cell phones out so right. your view of it is always going to be glass <clears throat> like you know behind hands. six feet behind some glass and then 20 iPhones tw- yeah 20 iPhones yeah it was like that a little bit in Amsterdam at the where the Vermeers were yeah where you were like hey everyone let's let's just put our phones in so we can actually well, look at it for well a plus second. we're at this selfie culture and this yeah. that, this kind of like I have to prove I'm here yeah. zone of our yeah. existence and as huma- humans um you know because yeah i went to new york and there was you know van gogh's starry night is at the moma in new york and it was kind of like that too it's just endless selfies yeah. being yeah. taken there and it's like i don't know i think museums need to figure something out it kind of do <laughs> i mean it's it was annoying as soon as you could take a picture with your camera I would get. It was annoying when the security guards were like, "Oh, you can't take a picture." You're like, "You guys are going to lose this battle." I'm not using a flash, whatever. Yeah. But now the selfie thing has made it so it just slows the, it slows the pace of it's of an even slower experience. A museum's not like a fast paced thing, but it's like you have to like stand there and wait to look at to just stand and look at something. In some ways, they become more fast paced because people like won't 
stand there and take in what they're saying. They just go picture, picture, picture. So yeah. you can look at nine things in like yeah. under a minute, and you're like, I don't think it's supposed to be that way. Well, yeah. the painting is a celebrity now. It's yeah. Just, yeah. Seeing Van Gogh Star Night is the exact same thing as, oh, I ran into like, you know, Mark Marin at the supermarket. Yeah. I want to get a selfie with him. Yeah. And then share it. Hey, look what I did. Look what I saw. Starry Night probably wouldn't yell I'm at living. you. I'm living. Tell you to leave it alone. <laughs> yeah. I'm All shopping. Right. Get away from me. All right, sorry. <laughs> I was just going to say that the whole painting thing, too. When we were in New York, the, everyone was so focused on the one painting when there were some lesser known Van Goghs off to the side of it that were just as beautiful. Yeah. That no one was even paying attention to. But it, it's just really sad to think, because we did. We see people take a photo of the painting or the piece of art, mm-hmm. take a photo of the detail of it, you know, wh- whatever, you know, the little plaque to the side. But you're right there in front of it. It's just so sad that you're missing the experience to look at the painting yeah. that the hand actually touched, but you're going to go back and look at it on this little four-inch screen later. Yeah, there's it a huge... No the difference between... Looking at a picture of something and your eyes in it doing, your eyes seeing the actual paint and the paint, the you know the the light waves of the paint going into your eyeballs are it's one hundred percent different. It's not the same yeah. thing at all. But no, yeah, I mean, you told me that to, you told me to skip the Van Gogh Museum because you're like, there's tons of Van Goghs in the other one. It's yeah, the Van Gogh Museum is like the tourist mecca where. Well, yeah, I went, I went as it was opening. There was like thirty people in line, and I was like, ah, that line's too long. I'll go to the other one. And then on the way back, there was four hundred people in line. Yeah, Whoa. every hippie in the kid, rain. Every hippie kid does that. That's <laughs> their thing, and literally. Damn. Right next to it is the Stedelijk Museum. Yeah, that has all sorts of really cool tons of them. <laughs> it's like that museum was a banger. Yeah, it's like yeah, and the and the um, the Rijks Museum, which is well, I think you didn't go to the Stedelijk. You probably I think you went to the Rijks. Museum. I went to both. You went okay, yeah, yeah. Cause the Stedelijk right is more modern contemporary yeah. art, and then the Rijks Museum, yeah, it has Vermeers and all this. Yeah, you know, yeah, heavy hitters. Yeah. So when you guys travel now, you do one one or two trips to Europe a year, and then it's usually work related. And then the in between or like after, let's say when you stay, do you plan your trips around art related things where you're like, we want to go to these museums and do that? Or do you, for the most part, you know, it's like, let's say we're doing a show. We'll start looking at different countries close by and see what's what's happening. Oh, there's going to be a huge David Hockney show in Bonn, Germany. Okay. Let's stay after and go check that out, you know, kind of thing. Cause we're only, you know. Space-wise, it's not that far. Like, Europe is... Yeah, once you're in Europe, everything's there. I mean, every time... I didn't get on a flight that was more than an hour. Yeah. Every flight was an hour. Everything's everything's To go from Sweden to wherever. Like, everything was short. So, once once you get to Europe, you can kind of go anywhere. That's the nice thing. For people like us who are... I mean, we'll just drop a hat and drive up to San Francisco for eight hours. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, if you do eight hours of anything in Europe, you're from, like, the tip of Rome to Stockholm, you know? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, so it's really nice like that. Where do you tend to go the mo- like now that you've been a lot of places? What's your guys' like favorite? We always go to London. Yeah. We basically London's that's our great. jams. We fly to London, and uh, partly because Deanna hates to fly, so it's like the shortest. You know, yeah, of ten. Going, we'll go to London, and then that's the end of our flying for the rest of the, till we have to fly home, okay. and we'll take the Euro the channel across to Europe from there. Right. Unless we have to go someplace far. We flew to Budapest. We'll fly yeah, to Yeah, I mean, some, if it's like a far destination, we'll fly, fly to Europe. Then we'll take the connecting flight in Heathrow to somewhere else further away. But usually usually we're taking the train. And uh, London was fucking awesome. And I hate 
Awesome. I hate things. Fun stuff. Like, I'm a, you know, I don't want to go anywhere. Wait, London's not my I was only there for 12 hours. I was like, this place is the shit. I hear it's like, like New York awesome. It's like that. Well, it's. Yeah, but like also like incredibly old timey and way more beautiful. Right. Like you, you know, it's, it's, you get like kind of that city culture of New York, but then you're like, that's a fuck, that is Buckingham, the fucking palace. Right, yeah, and there's yeah. those dudes with the hats. Yeah. And yeah. there's the queen. Yeah. It right. has lost its teeth like Manhattan has, uh-huh. you know, going to New York in 1990 compared yeah. to now. Manhattan's a shopping mall, the whole, the whole, yeah, whole thing. So a shopping mall. <laughs> a huge London mall. is like that in some way too. It's like, you know, you're, it's really safe. Um, you can walk just endlessly around it and there's businesses and Starbucks and, you know, it's like, it's all, all, all there, but yeah, but then it's mixed with this crazy ancient history. I mean, yeah. you'll come across a church and the plaque says, you know, 1427, yeah. you know, and, uh, there's a castle, I mean, a literal castle with a moat and, uh, you know, a river entrance for yeah. smugglers and stuff. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like all it's the, like an incredibly narrow road. You're like, that can't fit a car. Right. That was built for a horse. <laughs> you yeah. wacky English people. <laughs> that was like in Belgium. I went to, I went in this super old church and it had, you went to Belgium? Yeah. What which was the worst stand up crowd ever. They don't laugh. Oh yeah. I remember this. I tried what to get, yeah, you went to the Antwerp. guy, the guy literally goes, he goes, he goes, in Belgium, uh, they don't laugh. They wait till the end and they applaud. I was like, you guys can't have stand-up comedy then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but they had yeah, all Yeah, you the, went to Antwerp. That's what, one yeah. of the galleries is in Antwerp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And they had, uh, it's, they have that church with like four of the best Rubens you've ever seen. Because yeah. he lived right there. Yeah. Although I couldn't go to his house because it, it was too early in the morning. Hmm. But like the church was like a thousand years old and they like, it took 200 years to build the church. <laughs> like, it was one of those things. Really. But they have like the the... The Rubens they have hanging in there are, you know, three of his like most famous. It's you know Christ sending the cross. It's yeah. cra- they're crazy. Where you're yeah. like, I can't even believe I'm looking at this right now. That's one of the few churches in Europe you have to. I think you have to pay to get in. Yeah, you had to pay because because wow. those Rubens are so insane. You have to pay to get in. Most yeah. of the churches are free. So I go to Belgium a lot because I work with a the gallery there, and. Uh, they organized a show for me in Ghent, Belgium, mm-hmm. which is a small town. Like, have you guys heard of Ghent before? Yeah, yeah. We went to Ghent. Yeah. I don't know why. You might have went to Ghent. So, we might have performed there. You know, it's a town, like, usually if you say Brus- uh, Belgium, people know Brussels. Yeah. And then probably not much after that. Antwerp is a weird word. People don't know about Antwerp. Yeah. An- I have an anecdote about Antwerp. <laughs> okay. Antwerp means hand toss. Antwerp. Um the story of the town, there's a waterway into the town and uh, there's a legend about a giant who blocked, used his hand to block the water and to, to ruin the, you know, to distress the town for some reason and the hero chopped the guy's hand off and tossed it out of the river and that's the name, Antwerp is, literally means hand toss. That is a terrible name for a town. And there's a statue in the, in the, center, in the center of a guy, like a statue with a hand, and he's throwing a hand. <laughs> wow. I wonder if I saw and that And if you statue. walked around, there's another, on the shopping, on the main shopping street there, there's a, a big hand, like a big... Yeah, I remember a giant a hand. A big hand. That's I also, definitely have a picture of that hand. Yeah, that's the hand. That's also the hand. Yeah, there's like all these different hand yeah. references. I took a picture of that city. hand, I bought a piece of chocolate shaped like a cell phone, and then <laughs> I was out. <laughs> I was out. <laughs> so, uh... So in Ghent, though, so I, mm-hmm. I, they organized a exhibition, a museum exhibition for me in Ghent. 
Ghent is where Jan Van Eck's altarpiece is. Uh-huh. This is like an insanely historic piece of art. Yeah. Um, it's a pivotal moment in art history. It's the, you know, people, everyone says that that painting is the beginning of the Renaissance. Mm-hmm. The Renaissance painters all made pilgrimages to Ghent to see this piece of art that's been in the St. Bavo's Cathedral in Ghent. And it's just free. It was just there. Yeah. This crazy piece. And it's been stolen like multiple times. Hitler stole it. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. There's two movies. There's a, there's a documentary called The Rape of Europa that's about Hitler stealing all the art during the wars. And then George Clooney made a movie called uh, The Monuments Men. And it's about the stealing of the art. Oh, that's about that? that? I didn't no. know that. It got shit canned by critics, but we're art nerds, so we loved it. We're, we, every time it's on cable, we watch it. Oh, love wow. It. It's really funny. It's kind of like smarmy and syrupy, and like, you know, there's yeah. a lot of like American, America right. and stuff, you know, like that. But, but if you're into art at all, it's fascinating because it's like a drama. It's a drama around these people who the U.S. government, you know, said, we're going to send a team out to try to save this shit that's getting destroyed during the yeah. war. So this one wow. unit was, their task was try to coordinate with all the commanders on the field to, like, not bomb that church. It's a fucking historic place. Like, let's try to f- save these paintings and all this stuff. So it's, I mean, there's so much stuff is connected with this this happening. The orangery I talked about in Paris is kind of like a mirror building to this other museum called the Jus de Palme. It's a photography museum, museum now. Mm-hmm. The Jus de Palme is in the movie. It's factors in the movie. That's where Hitler's restoring all the art he stole from France was being stored yeah. in the Jus de Palme, Whoa. which is now a photography museum. And I was like, you know, there's a shot in the movie. I'm like, well, there's that place we, you know, we go all the time. And it's like, you know, I, I think I went in there after the fact and was like standing there just thinking like, wow, this is like, now it's a photography museum, but it used to be like Hitler's stolen art warehouse. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, so the skint, I mean the the Jan Van Eck altarpiece is there. It's been stolen multiple times. The Monuments Man has, um, I mean the linchpin of the movie is they're trying to find that particular piece of art, and he ended up storing it all into a salt mine in in Austria, the Altasi salt mine in Austria, and uh, the guy who was in charge of that got a had an order from Hitler, if the Russians or the Americans get close, blow this place up. So wow. it was charged with dynamite all throughout all these works of art, all these Whoa. insanely famous pieces, including the Gittal's piece, uh, Michelangelo's Madonna statue. Whoa. Every crazy heavy hitter art you can think of was in this mine. And there was yeah. a guy who was intention was, I'm going to destroy all this art if we get caught. Somehow it didn't, I mean, it didn't happen. They, I think the U.S. got there quick enough to where he didn't, the guy didn't explode it, but... It's a, just a fascinating story to see. All there would have been is like shitty black and white photos of it. Yeah. Yeah, that's all we'd have now. Yeah. It's insane. And uh, so you can go stand in front of this piece. So, I mean, the, the altarpiece is also such a famous work now. It's been stolen so many times that they have it in a glass box. Yeah. But you can walk around the whole thing and see the back and see the front and listen to all this audio stuff about it. But it's it's kind of moving to stand in front of this thing and it's in the church that it was just that it's always been in yeah it was hard it was hard to the like uh the like tour guide guy that took us like i guess he wasn't into art at all so we would ask he was the tour guide well no he was like our roadie oh you're a personal personal tour not uh, not of europe at all but he like he he would be like ask whitney like what's what's kevin do all day she's like he goes and looks at art and he's like 
Well, why? <laughs> what like, well, and she was why? like, "No, you don't understand." I was like, "No, I have like, I have like emotional experiences in front of this stuff." Yeah, this is like a thing you've looked at that much of your life, or had to study in an art history course, and it's always it's always feels abstract being in America because you're like, it's only a thing you read about in a book, and you've looked at like multiple pictures of it. Yeah. But when you're in front of it, it's so different. You can just see that someone you're like, someone sat there and made this shit. That's an interesting aspect, the abstract feeling of it because we've taken our young younger friends there we took grant and ashley there they're in their 20s mm-hmm. and it was fun watching them experience europe for the first time um most people they only see this kind of stuff at disneyland honestly yeah you see disneyland and, it, and it, so when you get to a town like uh like ghent it feels like it feels fake it all looks like Disneyland. It feels a fake. Yeah. It feels like yeah. this is a, you're in a fantasy what book. set designer made this. You're, you're, you're yeah, you walk around and you're like, oh, this is what Disney based the Swiss chalet shit on. Yeah. yeah. But that's yeah. the thing. Your only experience is seeing it physically or being in, in it physically is yeah. a place like Disneyland. But then you get there and you're, you look down an alley or like down a vista over a canal and, it, and there's like five cathedrals lined up in a row and a mm-hmm. castle. And it's just, it just doesn't seem real. And then some of these towns in Belgium are like that. Ghent. And Bruges, um, even Brussels escaped getting. I mean, that's the war is a huge thing that looms over all of traveling in Europe too. It's really interesting. A lot of stuff got fucked up. Yeah, cities were flattened. Yeah, so um, places like Bruges are world heritage sites now because they didn't. They escaped getting bombed in the war. So you're looking at a city that has been there since the 1600s and didn't change. But then you look at, you know, London got pretty fucked up yeah Berlin was flattened completely cities like Dresden were just completely flattened Cologne was was pretty fucked up I mean the only thing that's old in Cologne is the cathedral that somehow survived yeah. everything else was built you know since since the 50s and 60s after the war you know yeah, it's the kind of stuff they would f- like you walk in Belgium I remember you'd walk by just like a castle and it was like oh that castle like no one was that stoked on it you're like what the fuck is that and they're like I don't know it's just like a castle Oh, yeah, the people from there, they just call, like, things that we would go, whoa, look at that cathedral. They're just like, that's a church. Yeah. You'll see, you'll know a cathedral when you see it. And then you're like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, like a cathedral in Cologne is, like, ominous. It's so fucking huge. Would they all, that's the thing, they're like, oh, it took took 150 years to build. You're like, why did it take so long? And you get in, you're like, oh, that's why. It's, they're, they're crazy looking. Yeah. It's another level of stuff. Yeah. They barely had cranes. Yeah, you so know, like, that's I remember look at that church in Belgium. I was like, so many people died making this. Like, yeah. like so many dudes just fell off this church and the, yeah. while, while making it, died of old age. Yeah, <laughs> literally. <laughs> the, still, yeah, Sagrada Familia in Barcelona is still being built by Gaudi. <laughs> um, the church in Münster, Germany, small town in in Germany, has had uh, these metal cages hanging outside of it. And I remember asking someone what's that, and they're like, "Oh, those are the, like the that was with the torture things. Like if you were a criminal, we'd huck you in that cage out hanging out there, and you Whoa. would go from living into skeleton. That was like the punishment. You'd just die. Whoa. Everyone yeah. walking around. It was like a reminder. Like if you fuck up, you'll be in the cage. And just everyone watch you starve to death. Yeah, sees you just in the cage. <laughs> they didn't include that in a lot of Disney movies. <laughs> that stuff's just there, you know. Like all yeah. these like medieval sort of tactics are on display, just walking down the street. Yeah, you see this stuff. What about in the? Gosh, I don't remember the name of the cathedral in Vienna, but they had a symbolism on the outside of the cathedral for the men on one side, the women on the other side. But there was also a marking to let Jewish people know this was a safe place. Right. Yeah. During 
World War II. That's how the war looms so large. There's all these different clues now and things. Yeah, there was a, a certain number carved on the outside of the church in Vienna, and that was a symbol to let people know that Jew, it was a safe haven for Jews. There's always like Jew hiding. I mean, and if you go to Amsterdam, you can go into the Anne Frank house yeah. and see the room that where she lived and wrote her those diaries and and the, they have it set up so you can the bookcases moved out because the, they had a bookcase that hided a hole in the wall to the secret room and that's how you go into this room you have to like the bookcases slid aside and you have to climb through the same hole it's pretty wow. insane well, then, yeah. and then i think two years ago we were in cologne for an art exhibition and as we were walking around the city we started noticing all these little brick plaques. yeah it's a fairly recent thing they have they took out certain cobblestones and put in a gold cobblestone and it's like a recognition thing so each each house that had a jewish family that ended up dying in the holocaust has a has a little Memorial yellow brick in front a golden brick in oh. front of it so yeah. you're walking around cologne and at first you're just kind of like you keep seeing these like what what's this and then i like asked locals like what are these bricks and they told me and then you realize how many there are like all we do yeah. is walk, all we do is walk around shooting photos so all day we're walking around you know, you'd see like a thousand bricks a day in yeah. front of different houses. Yeah, you just so you the like the Holocaust and what Germany did during the war looms super hard. Yeah, it goes from this abstract number to be like, no, they killed this family and this family, and you're like, Jesus, yeah. this is insanity. Yeah, it is insane yeah. the level like when you realize what was happening at that time. And you know, Berlin is a great city. It's uh, all the public transportation we spoke about is there. Um, it was flattened during the war. The whole area where the wall, the Ber- you know, famous Berlin Wall was, uh-huh. um, you know, they built that wall. And on either side of it was like an open area with turrets. And so if you try to cross, you know, they were yeah. shooting. Anyone who tried to cross this zone between both sides of the wall would be shot. A lot of times it was two walls, so it was like an in-between space that they would shoot anyone who, if you're in there, you're, you're dead. You know? Yeah. Now there's an Urban Outfitters there. But those, but that, so there's this like huge path through the city that got flattened during the war and they kind of took it on themselves to like we're hiring fucking cool architects to do this stuff so you know berlin you're like crazy old building that somehow survived next to crazy modern modern architecture stuff and it's really a fun city there's tons of art there people swear by berlin they say it's supposed to be like the coolest that's always like there's tons of art there's tons of youth the if tons you look of at, techno music. If you think of Germany as a circle and cut it in half, West Germany is where all the industry is. Mm-hmm. All the Volkswagen plants and all so all the rich people, all the sort of like modern society has been in there. Eastern Germany is kind of like artsy and weird and yeah. cheap and it's like there's not you know all the all the youth go there to hang out and to buy cheap stuff and it's being gentrified of course right now but. Um, but that's, you know, it's just, it, the history is amazing there. And they have, you know, little bits of the Berlin Wall all around. They have a line going through the city. So when you're walking around, you'll see, you'll cross over this line here and there. And it's like, oh, that's where it was. But they've built wow. stuff over it now. They have parks. They have a lot. There's a there's a museum called the Topography of Terror. That's just like an atonement museum. Like, hey, we're, we're sorry. My bad. This is how fucked we were. Let's, let's just put it out in the air. Yeah. And it's just a museum that shows... Photographs and tell stories of all the the bad shit. I mean, there's just photos of like a street with trees, and you're like, oh, that's a cool little scene. And you look closer, there's bodies hanging from all those trees. No like, way. You know, uh, all the different photos of like 
when you know Jewish German women who uh, would I mean uh, no different women who weren't German who would sleep with a German sh- soldier would be would have their head shaved and be beaten up in the public square they have their clothes ripped off so much different stuff I'm reading a book right now um, God, I'm forgetting the name of the book but it's a nonfiction book about the aftermath of the war like I'm so interested in like you hear about the war and what happened I'm really interested in like how they went from this complete destruction into what it is now, what Europe is now. Yeah. And it explains a lot of this stuff about the, the lingering effects of like women who had children from German babies or like extra, like basically countries deported people. Like you're, if you had sex with it, your son, we're, we we're claiming that your son isn't even a citizen of like, uh, Aunt Holland, for instance. You know? Yeah. And it's about the after effects of... Or like Hungary, people in Hungary. Like, oh, you that kid is a German kid because you fucked a German soldier. No citizenship for you. And wow. they like made laws where wow. they had like leave the country. No Nazi babies. Lots, this is like weird aftermath stuff that was super interesting. The, and the book's about how that happened in all of Europe or this all is just Europe, Germany? Yeah, it just okay. explains all the different stuff. I that mean, sounds interesting. It, there's fascinating stories about U.S. soldiers coming in to liberate concentration camps. And the, there was a a media war going on so people wow. didn't really know people were like had stories but it wasn't really the news wasn't flying at that time you know like yeah it wasn't people on the ground looking at so a lot of times there was situations where american soldiers were walking into these places and going whoa like yeah what the hell they didn't know that this yeah, was like they the had level. heard stories but they didn't realize like whoa this is a full-on death camp yeah and they see the ovens and all that stuff and and they were the, the american soldiers were so we were uh, throughout the book. I mean, it's, the American soldiers had, had a lot more tact than a lot, like the, if the Russians liberated a place, all the Germans are dead. Like we were kind of more like we'll take them as prisoners. We'll try to yeah. use the laws that have been set up for rules of war or whatever. But a lot of times it's just like they liberate the camp and they'd see the situation and just go, "We're turning our backs. We're cutting off your handcuffs, and we're just going to turn our backs." And the prisoners would get to just rip the fucking guards to shreds yeah like physically just kill them right there like, like i said russians well americans <laughs> would do that americans even do that you know you just be like i'm gonna just be the judge and jury on this one yeah. i'm just gonna cut your cuffs and go yeah do what you want i'm gonna look over here yeah you know, like because <laughs> it was so insane it's so germany's filled with that stuff i mean have you seen the movie valkyrie no no tom cruise movie yeah that's mainly why i didn't see it <laughs> he's good in that i like that movie i, I, I like tom cruise but yeah, he's a good it. actor <laughs> so it's a you know he plays colonel von stauffenberg he's like yeah. uh the guy <laughs> just saying tom cruise played colonel yeah. von stauffenberg yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah but it was like the von stauffenberg means like german for tiny <laughs> <laughs> he's the guy who uh got the closest to killing hitler there was a yeah. couple attempts yeah, on yeah. hitler's life and uh he's he got the closest and then but he is he the reach. one where the gun failed <laughs> the bomb failed the yeah. bomb failed oh, right. yeah, yeah. He tried to bomb him and failed and uh but then but that's all a real story you know yeah. you see the movie the movie's just like a fun you know you're watching this dramatization of what Tom actually Cruise happened. With an eye patch. <laughs> yeah but um you know if you go to these museums in berlin there's a uh a place called Potsdamer Platz with all a bunch of museums. It's actually a skate spot too. We skate there. They let you skate basically. So there's like epic skate spots in front of these crazy museums that have all this great art. And then, uh, you know, like a little block, a block away sort of in a part where no one hangs out, there's this building and it was like the headquarters of some German office. And 
it's the courtyard in the movie where they basically firing squatted Von Stauffenberg and the, all the people that were involved. They wow. basically lined him up and shot him. That courtyard's there. And there's just like little plaques saying this is like where this happened. But you can stand in this place where dudes got firing squatted and the, and the building is there, the exact building. It's Damn, fucking crazy. And that, Damn. you know, so there's all, and that, what's really cool about the checkpoint Charlie, for instance, is like where the sort of checkpoint was going, where you could cross the wall. Yeah. People who were allowed to, they have set up now basically these plaques. It's a, it's a free museum. Basically you can just walk around. There's kind of stories and, museum sort of exhibits all just on the street and it's like you know there's a starbucks here and then there's like still a a, a piece of wood with all this information on it and you just kind of walk around the place around the block and look at all the different information i wonder a lot all about the stories about people who tried to escape and got got killed and i think a lot about how it must be weird to be a, like a young german at this point with that now? that specter hang the the specter of that history hanging over your there's not a lot of national pride um yeah I just wanted, when we were in Cologne for this event, this exhibition, there was also a skateboard, kind of like a slight demo on the um, ramp that you painted. And some kids, I was talking to some, some German kids, and that's what, I think I was telling him, like, it's really crazy seeing, you know, this is when we saw all those little plaques on the ground, and I thought, like, that's, it was really intense, intense seeing that. Yeah. And this kid was saying, I'm so over it, I can't, you know, how long do we have to live with this? This yeah. wasn't my generation. And then another one of his friends jumped in saying, it's so we never forget. Right. And that's what I thought too. I'm like, yeah, because over here we've, you know, in the States, we've also have done some pretty bad things to the people who were here before us. Uh, right. And we don't really, no one thinks about that. You yeah. Know? You don't hear about like the Japanese internment camps. Yeah. Ever. It's like, no, we should have a better just, memory of that stuff. So yeah. we don't do it again. Mexicans that we actually took the land away from. Yeah. 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 You know, yeah. What, what happened to them. And so that's what it's like. It is a bummer. Like that's not what your whole life is about. Like, like this young person, you, you're, you're not a Nazi by default, but it's just something to kind of honor the people who have passed away. Yeah, and to not forget, so we, no one repeats. But it was an interesting world. conversation because yeah. you could see both sides, like well, a kid, young. a kid who was basically living with what you said. Both of them, you know, were. all the time being sort of like told that I have to apologize. You did for all being the, German. Yeah, it's like it's your fault. And yeah. then another person on the other side, kind of saying like, you know, yeah, we're. We have to atone for all the bullshit we did, you know? Yeah. Or at least not, just a reminder not to repeat it. Yeah. Let's just not ever go back to that again. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's like, it's illegal to display a swastika. Yeah, they don't have that same like, it's free not, speech you can't, that's that not we have the, here. It's, yeah, I think, other than that, the freedom of speech is pretty, is it similar there? Yeah, I mean, you can you But can that's say, like the one thing the they're like, yeah, you no Yeah, you, you can be arrested. If you're like Zeke Heiling in the street, Yeah. you can get like a ticket. Or yeah. A fine kind of thing taken off the street for that. Yeah, yeah, they don't see it as cool at all. And there's not a lot of nationalism. I, I remember talking to some Germans while we were in Cologne, and he's like, you know, you'll notice like a big difference between America or even other countries. Like even during the soccer matches, you don't see a lot of flag waving. Yeah, and I was like, yeah, you know, I noticed that. I don't see a lot of German flags. He's like, yeah, we don't. We're not. Ever since that whole thing, we're not really prideful about our country. There's yeah. not a lot of nationalism anymore because yeah. it just yeah. it just stinks of like they want to kind of curb pe- it. <laughs> when you, well, yeah. Even when you say German nationalism, you're like, "What yeah, do like, you mean?" Yeah, it just sounds bad. I was like, like, "Oh yeah, easy." Yeah. So these people can't even like 
their soccer team isn't the thing that you know like yeah. you see in Amsterdam everyone's dressed in orange and they're yeah. waving flags yeah. like yeah, yeah we're fucking they're like you guys yeah. tend to take flags a little far yeah. <laughs> so here's a piece of paper that says go team <laughs> hold that up and then everyone wins yeah. how about that yeah. but the colors aren't we don't need colors on the thing you it's can root white for sportsmanship and that's it yeah. <laughs> go soccer yeah, that's go it. soccer that's all you get <laughs> yeah for sure <laughs> <laughs> yeah where I'm are you okay g- with that law yeah it's fine <laughs> you know? have you got where have you not been that you guys want to go i've never been to china i've never been to brazil so uh, anywhere in europe greece. you haven't gone that you routinely She's miss never been to greece we, ne- we want to go to greece oh that'd be cool greece turkey we wanted to go to there's a lot of places we want i've been really targeting to go that have been fucked up recently I really wanted to go to Ukraine. I always heard all this cool stuff about the Ukraine, but now there's like this kind of like weird war going on there. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, yeah. and that's been killed. Like Egypt always sounded cool, but I'm not sure I want to go to Egypt right now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The Middle like- East is like, there's, there's periods of like small windows of time where like everything's cool. And then you're like, yeah, let's book some tickets. And, like two weeks later, you're like the country, there's an uprising. Like ah, you can't Hezbollah. go. Yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> It's way it's way more stressful to want to travel <laughs> yeah, into the Middle East. It seems really difficult. Yeah. yeah. Well, okay, I mean, let's Deanna go to Israel. When? <laughs> Deanna doesn't want to go to Belgium anymore. And that's Oh yeah. Yeah. For a while. I mean, these this is what's interesting about that. It's like a couple months ago there was an attack on the train. Yeah. You heard about that? Like yeah. a couple uh US servicemen thwarted an attack. Yeah. These guys that, that were about to shoot up a train. Yeah. In Belgium? It was on a train from Brussels to Paris, I think. Or, yeah. yeah. It was last summer. I mean, it, this is a train we've been on. It's the tally train that we take from Brussels to Paris all the time. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that really hit home for us, hearing about that, you know, a, attempted attack of a train, a train that we've been on. Yeah. Then it, a thing happens in Brussels, a place where we've been. I've been in that metro station that got blown up. I've been in the airport there. You're kind of overlooking, too, that we were in Paris. We were in Paris November. for the attacks. Yeah, I remember. We were you know? there during it. Whoa. Yeah, we were there tra- I texted him. I was like, you're right. He's like, we're literally just trapped in our hotel. Whoa. Yeah. So we, we uh, and I had almost, I don't know if I told you the story, like, before it ha- before we went to dinner, I was like, hey, there's this restaurant we haven't hit yet. Let's go, ch- let's go to it. Yeah. This is for Paris. Hat, and I, after the whole attack happened, I was kind of like, man, we all, I saw, I thought as an afterthought, I'm like, man, we wouldn't went to that restaurant. Where is it? I looked it up one block from the Bataclan theater. Mm-hmm. Not that we would have been there, but right. we would have been close to it. They, yeah. were, they were driving around shooting people at different other restaurants. So like, that's how close we were to being like, you know, with a, within a stone's throw of that happening. Luckily we just decided to stay by the hotel and, and we were on the other side of the river even. So we were, safe but at the time the news is saying groups of men are driving around shooting up places all over paris there was a bombing in the north there was a shooting at the theater you know in so the, it seemed like war broke out yeah i mean right. we felt like watching the news we felt like don't be on the streets yeah there's they literally <laughs> got groups of men driving around shooting up places that, in a coordinated effort to terrorize paris so we didn't know you know after the dust settled we you know, some of the reports were false. The right. news at one point was reporting something happened here, something happened here. I'm looking at the map and it's like coming to where we were, you know? Yeah. So we're kind of in our hotel room freaking out. I felt pretty safe. Our hotel was off the beaten path. It wasn't a big hotel. They, they turned off the lights. And yeah. The hotel even the turned off the lights and locked the door. They're just like, Whoa. everyone's in. We're, you know, oh. I mean, we had been eating dinner 
and we just like walked from our from dinner to the hotel. We walked on the streets. Everyone was out on the street still. There was a lot more people than usual looking at their phones. And I was kind of like, and then we get to the hotel, and there's a woman in the in the lobby freaking out. What's it like out there? What's going on? And we're just like, what are you talking about? They're like, there's been a terrorist attack all over Paris, and you know, then we start we get alarmed and start freaking out. Damn. But um, you know, it's just like, and then the arch the art fair we were at got canceled. Yeah. Of that and are they gonna do it again? It's closed down. Yeah, Perry Photo will continue, but not okay. the LA one. That one got canceled. Oh, it did. There's yeah. there's signs up for it. It's yeah. Yeah, no, they canceled. Oh, they canceled it. Yeah. It was a pretty secure space, though. Like I don't know. What do you mean? At Paramount. Oh no, they're I not talking about for terrorism. Yeah, they're, they're oh, they just canceled because ran out of money or something. No, oh. like, <laughs> yeah. it was super crowded <laughs> last time. LA, no. I think it was more the galleries weren't. A lot None of the, the galleries were selling were anything. Back. Oh yeah, so no it was a big to... looking. No one was buying shit yeah. there. Yeah. It was it was just people looking. There was too much almost. Yeah. Where you, I could see, you'd be like, I love that. Well, let's look around. And then four hours later, you're like, I don't remember where that photo was. Yeah. Well, Perry Photo of Paris is like five times that. Yeah. It's huge. I think this is their twenty fifth, their twentieth or twenty fifth anniversary in Paris. But yeah, yeah, the but Belgium yeah. thing is. I would. There are those places now where you're like, you know, Belgium has a super high number of radicalized. We walked through the neighborhood. And, I mean, we walked. We went from. The central Brussels on our last trip, and we wanted to go to this fair that we saw. There's a every year. There's like a festival, you know, like a fair, like a OC fair type thing. Yeah. But over there, um, and we had to walk through a super Arab neighborhood, and we're enlightened liberals. Like we're not going in with a xenophobic sort of outlook, but it felt crazy. Like we were getting stared at, and it just felt, you know, you like, you know, if you're in a bad neighborhood here, it just felt like fuck this is a little weird. We don't, I don't feel like I'm part of this, you know, I'm yeah. a dorky tourist with the camera walking around. It's like, um, you know, then you get to the fair and it's like heavily, heavily Arab too, but it, you know, it was fun though. It's like, you know, the fair was like a great time, but it was just walking there through like some desolate streets and yeah, just felt a little crazy. But, um, but then you see in the, you know, you see, you hear about these suburbs in Paris and Brussels that are just hotbeds of, uh, it's really just affected youth, honestly. Yeah, it's youth that well, it's youth that can't get jobs. They're all petty criminals. Yeah. There was a guy on the radio who said who was a Belgian uh, prosecutor for for a long time, and he's just like all these guys that ended up being doing terrorist stuff, like the guys who just did the bombing at the airport. I worked with them when they were younger. They were just like petty criminals. Like, yeah. I busted. Yeah. Them. You know, I worked with them because they like stole a car for a joyride or like shoplifted from a store. It's like these are the kids that are easily plucked into radical Islam by. It's like gang recruiting, but on a global exactly terror. Exactly. Very, yeah. very similar. Yeah. Well, very the, similar. well, the 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 jihadists are basically targeting these disaffected kids. Yeah. And easy to brainwash them. They're dumb. They're pretty criminals. They've been in the system. They already got records for purse snatching or whatever. So that's it's kind of something that. And there's such a there's now there's such an anti-Islamic climate there. They can be like these people hate you. Look at how they treat you. Yeah, there's a full oppression thing going on. Yeah. So yeah, it's a really clusterfuck of a problem that I think needs to be done through education and assimilation more than anything. But that starting now, I mean, there was a guy like a they had another guy on NPR from a you know one of these think tanks that specializes in only the Middle East, and he's just like, this is this is it for like the next probably five to ten years. 
Like if we start now trying to fix it, it's, it's the effects that we're going to do now aren't going to take effect for like five to we're ten years. Yeah, yeah. Really behind. It's like we're, yeah, we're, we're, we're so way behind, behind the ball on this Yeah, this should have started a while ago. So, and the, and the access to weapons and bombs. Like there's all like a weird mixture of stuff happening. It's way easier to get to work with a bomb than it used to be. Dark. So anyway, yeah, it's pretty that, crazy. Puts a, that puts a weird, we, I mean, we've been thinking about like, let's, Let's so branch out. Going. Let's try to go to let's Japan go, or something. Go to like Asia. we're gonna spend <laughs> yeah. money on a trip. Let's Japan's go somewhere else. Supposed to be awesome. Yeah, we've been. Yeah. I've been to Tokyo for both skateboarding and art stuff. Was, did you go to Tokyo for that one thing, that art thing that you guys painted cars for, like a roller derby? Yeah, Untitled that was sweet two thousand one. It was a crazy. I don't know what kind of money was involved in that. Huh. Some huge clothing company. I forget the name of it. Um, did. They wanted to do a group art show. Yeah. And it was you? Where each person had their own individual solo show. Ooh. So that was the, the whole idea Jesus. was like, the, it's a city group show. Wow. So we're going to have Ed Templeton, Mark Gonzalez. Uh, Barry McGee. Barry McGee, Margaret Kilgallen. Kilgallen. Uh, Chris Johansson, all the Beautiful Losers crowd, all that stuff. Each, each person's going to have a solo show. And then like, you'll be given a map and you go through the city and see each person's solo show. Oh. So it was a group show. It was a cool. fantastic idea. Yeah. Solo shows around the city. So yeah, I was just assigned a gallery. Like your solo show is going to be at this gallery, Aki X gallery in Shibuya. And then like Thomas Campbell's was like a couple blocks from mine. So I was like hanging out with him. But then like you had to like go across town to where um, Chris was making all the installation and Margaret was painting a mural. And like, you know, Mark had a solo show in a different place. And I don't even think I saw everything. And Barry's thing was Barry McGee was going to do a billboard this is right in downtown, like Shibuya. There's a little tiny square, um, open space. It's kind of rare for there. Like, yeah. It's not a parking lot, but it's kind of like a, an asphalt square that's open. And there was a billboard and like some soda machines and stuff. It was just kind of gated off, almost like a park in a way, but just in, just a flat piece of asphalt. And so Barry's thing was, hey, give me some cars. I'm going to paint these cars. I'm going to graffiti up this sign. And the, the Crash Up Derby was renegade it looked that was super sweet that was not planned or anything they just said went wait these cars like they were driving these cars back and forth to the hotel every day and stuff <laughs> like that so uh you know it's just a subversive sort of idea i probably josh's idea um they just decided let's do a crash up derby so they made a sign saying crash up derby tomorrow at three not legal not <laughs> checked with the city or anything <laughs> Yeah. And they ended up fucking up the fit, like the fence got knocked over, <laughs> the cars got crashed. I mean, I was like, "This is so fun." I'm not not getting in this car, so I like. It was nope. like the funnest thing. I, I was like, "That's what art should be all the time." Yeah. Like, no, these are I painted some faces on these cars, yeah. and then we're gonna smash them together. And that's my art. <laughs> yeah, like, and I'm the best. <laughs> like, this is so fun. Yeah, I wanted to be in the car. I've never got to be in a crash up derby before, so I got that's into cool. the car and. I had heard some stuff about Crash of Jury, so I was telling him what to do. <laughs> it's better to reverse into... Oh, really? It's better to try to angle up and then reverse into cars, because then mm. you don't mess up your engine in the front. Or the steering. And your head hits the back instead of like going forward. Oh, yeah. So you kind of like you brace yourself and go... <laughs> you go back. And you reverse, you have so much torque, you're like in first gear. Yeah. Yeah. That's better. So better. I was trying to do that. <laughs> better. But we, Take note, kids. Yeah. <laughs> the fun thing is we didn't have that much space, so it was kind of stupid. It was just like... Yeah, no, it was a very... I remember it being a very small space. Yeah, it was like the size of the lot of my ho- my home, like maybe 5,000 square feet. Yeah, you couldn't get a lot of like, speed, so that wasn't that dangerous. Yeah. It was more just like... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then we ended up kind of messing them up afterwards with barrel. There was these metal oil 
uh, oil drums around. And so after the, we just kind of smashed the windows. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. He smashed the windows. Because that's what, exactly what you were supposed to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Where have you guys been the most often? Germany, probably? Because of your gal or Lots of Germany, lots of London, because we always fly in through there. Yeah. So regardless of where we go, there's always like three days in London. Uh-huh. A lot of Paris. Lot what do you think if you're going to tell someone like what's if you're like looking to start traveling entry level, easiest to negotiate as far as like a travel, you won't get confused and freaked out. Yeah, where like should a they week, go? Like a week. Like your friends go. Yeah, I'm I'm going to Europe for the first time for seven days. London what is though hella expensive. <laughs> London is a super expensive city, yeah. but everything's in English. So as far as yeah. navigation goes, it's easy. But then Scandinavia is like that too. Even in Paris, though, all the signs like it's not that hard. Right. You know, you're not, it's not that hard. Is the thing about Parisians being dicks to tourists true? Only if you have that American stink to you. Yeah. See, I've, I've, I've never experienced, people always say that. I've never experienced it because I think I approach it super humbly. Like I don't walk into a shop and just say, Hey, give me one of those. Like, yeah. I don't, that'd be the, I mean, think people don't put, people don't flip the script ever. You know, think if you're working here in, uh, Los Feliz at a Starbucks and a guy walks in and just starts rat- speaking to you in Russian. Yeah. You're going to go like, what? Yeah. I don't understand you, dude. You're, yeah. What the fuck? Like, and then he's getting annoyed and you're like, yeah. you're getting annoyed with me? Listen, pal. Yeah. That's the equivalent of yeah. me walking in a shop and trying to speak yeah. in English to somebody without at first going through the, the pantomime. You have, there's like a, there's an etiquette. So I walk in, yeah. I say hello, I say bonjour. Yeah. And they say hello. And then you say like, uh, parlez-vous anglais. You speak English. Yeah. Usually they say no, even though they can. But then you say okay, so I'm game. Like, and then you try to fumble through it. You say like, oh, I, you know, I want. And you, you've you earned like points. Two of those baguettes, baguettes. Yeah. Do you try to speak it? And usually they like as you're fumbling, they go, okay, he like tried hard enough. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Go, what do you want? You know, like they, yeah. everyone under thirty, under forty now speaks English. Everywhere okay. In Europe, you know. You do get points like for that. like that the effort that you put in. You're like, I'm trying to yeah. bridge the gap. I'm speaking I'm, your I'm language coming to in the humbly. best. Exactly. I'm realizing I'm in a different country, so yeah. kind of. I've never had. I mean, I probably have seen a couple old coots who are like, getting like you know, tourists in general like get away from me. You know, like yeah. But overall, I've always approached people with super respect, and then you get the respect back. Have you guys gone the south of France at all? Yes. Yeah, been to Marseille a bunch. Is that different? Culture. Yeah, it's a little different. Well, in the in the early '90s, it was like Paris. Um, people would speak English. Every, every anything north of Paris, everyone spoke English. Everything south, not so much. Like Italy, but now, over the last 15, 20 years, it's almost offensive to ask someone if they speak English. You walk into a store in France and ask like a girl, really? Like, yeah, you're like you speak English. They kind of go like. Pfft. Like of course, dumbass. Like, wow. Yeah. Not as much in France, but not as much in like France, in but like in Netherlands, if you ask someone if they speak English, it's a oh yeah. I didn't ask they anyone if they English. spoke English in Scandinavia. I just said no. hi, and then they were speaking yeah. English. Yeah, that's that's how oh. north north of uh, Holland, north. Yeah, all of Copenhagen, all of northern Germany. Yeah, you just say hi. That's the shorthand for like, hey, I'm an American. Like. You know, and they just, yeah, you know. I never had to ask a single time, and I yeah. never even had. I, there was never like an awkwardness in a shop. They were just like, "Hello, this is how much stuff costs." Yeah, if you walk yeah. in and say "tag," that's like yeah, day. yeah. Then they might try to speak, and then you go, "Oh wait, I can't speak that." And then they go, they'll switch back to English. You know, so "hi" is just like a shorthand for like, "Yeah, we're speaking English." Yeah, and then they just, they just switch. It's not even. A they problem. seem kind of juiced to be like, "Oh, cool, I can practice." Yeah, they love it. Yeah, but um, yeah, the the more south you go, Italy, you're gonna have less people that speak English. Spain. Um, Spain, right. Yeah. 
Um, I forgot what, that was a tangent from something else you were asking. Oh, about. where should they? If it's oh, like what are you telling people to do? Yeah, it's like your first where to trip. Go. I mean, I've loved Europe so much, so I I think like hitting the. It's just hard to say. I mean, because I think going to somewhere like a place like Ghent is actually could be more rewarding than than London. Or, As a first time visit. Yeah, even in a first time visit, because it's just like. You're gonna get an authentic view. Like, mm-hmm. there's a touristy aspect to those cities. Like, yeah, know, they were like Buckingham the smaller places. Like, we were like, you could if you went on a quick tour of the city, you could go places pretty quick. Everything was kind of close. Yeah, but like, I, we, I was in this weird place called Bergen, and it was tiny yeah. and cool. And you probably had a more rewarding experience. It was just more. It, more it felt Europe. so much more different than where you were coming from. There wasn't like there just there wasn't a Starbucks or like yeah. So Although there was a TGI Fridays for some reason, <laughs> but like still, it was like everything was the way as close to what it was as yeah. mo- you know. I That's like why I need- try to tell people to go to a place like Ghent because I'm like, you're gonna see an authentic Europe. It's yeah. not catered to tourists. It's there's not a lot of, but it's beautiful and all. Yeah, the, I mean, it's got all the key so things weirdly beautiful. <laughs> but um, but you're gonna you know you're not gonna speak the language. That's part of the fun is like getting involved in that. You're in London. You're you know or, or Paris. You're it's you know it's, it's there's a touristy aspect to it. You're seeing the things, but it's like uh, it's like going to the South Rim of the Grand Canyon or something. You know, it's like there's Not a touristy Paris. aspect. You go to the North Rim, you're seeing just the Grand Canyon raw without any of the tourist bullshit. Right. What? Not Paris. Not Paris. This last time we went, before things went, there's a touristy bad. aspect to parts of Paris. Of I course. know, but we almost like we f- we re fell in love. We avoid that stuff. That's the other thing. It's like I've. Uh, I've had people come with us and I kind of tell them beforehand, like we're not going to do touristy stuff. Yeah. You know, I'm going to go, we're going to go to Paris. You're not going to go on the Eiffel tower. You're going <laughs> to look at the Eiffel tower and go, that's cool. But you're not going to subject yourself to the hour long line and all the bullshit. Yeah. All you're going to see is a cool view. We can get that cool view from the Sacre Coeur church. That's free up the hill, you know? Yeah. So I, we, we, we're super, that's part of the travel thing. I thought we might talk about in a way. It's like, yeah, we're, we spent a lot of time trying to avoid crowds. Yeah. Trying to avoid the super touristy stuff. You don't experience like the, you don't, you don't, you don't feel like you live there. You want that experience. Like, I feel like I'm in Paris, not like in an area where a bunch of Americans are. Yeah. 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 That's but, part of it. But part that's of it. because we go there so much. When we go with new people, we kind of have to do up. some we of do the stuff at the half. beginning. Our last trip last, our, our last vacation trip last year was with my family and we went to Rome was Italy was part of the trip and we spent half the time in Rome which was in July it was touristy but yeah, you have to crazy. but you have to and it's but we kind of had to that's the thing it's like that's that's the hard part how do you tell someone who's going for the first time like go to Paris don't go on the F tower you're like wait I'm going to Paris I'm not going to do that because yeah <laughs> right like, we did that when we first went. yeah we, we went to it. the loop we went through we it and we realized this is crappy and not yeah, you do it, it once <laughs> so <laughs> I try to tell people crappy. maybe don't do that but would, it's would, not crappy you wouldn't say it's it was fun. crappy it's just we did that experience and now we want to go see the other stuff it's but, true but you never know if you're ever going to come back so you don't also want to it's like the first time you go to New York and you're like, I want to see the Statue of Liberty. And people are like, I am no in no way doing that with you. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it'll take eight hours. Yeah. I'm not doing that. Or like this, the Empire State Building. You're like, ah, I, have fun. Or you do like a version of it where you go like down, you go near it and get close, yeah. but you don't actually get on the ferry and you go to the thing. Like, because LA is a good example of that for when people come here. Because it can be very touristy. The Hollywood sign, the Walk of Fame, Venice, all these places. And they go, where do you go? What do I do? 
And I start listing places and they go, oh, so is the Walk of Fame not worth it? Because I leave all that stuff off. I go, if you've never been and you really want to do like do a drive-through yeah, just and then you it. give them maybe a cool place that's near there, like grab lunch here so you're kind of like around it. But don't spend three hours there is what I say. It's not worth like getting in the elevator and going to the thing. And, you know. and that's Rome. I mean, Rome, the right. Coliseum. The cool thing about the Coliseum is, is it's the Coliseum. It's sitting there. You can see it. And we went on a tour one time. And I felt like this is not worth it. Like you yeah. can read the Wikipedia page for that place and you can go up and look at it and you don't necessarily need to go inside to see it. It's just more ruins on the inside. Mm-hmm. It's like you're, the outside is what's cool about it. So yeah. I always tell people like go to the Coliseum and look, walk around it and look at it, but don't pay Did for you the, see the Pieta? Yeah. What's the line like for that? There's no line for that. What? It's that's a- just that. That's inside the the St. Peter's St. St. Paul, St. Peter's, St. Peter's Basilica, that's in the Vatican. And people just you can just cruise in, look at it. There's glass over it because yeah, it's yeah. been shot. Well, that guy <laughs> broke the toe off. Or yeah, whatever. someone broke. Yeah, someone broke broke the toe off and yeah. uh, broke a finger off. So it's protected now. And there's like people crowding up, but it's more like a it's more like a church where people kind of go up and look for a second and then they go off. So it's not that bad. It's I mean there's always a line of people in front of it. This last summer though we did the whole. Well, we were there in July and it wasn't even, we you know you can go right up to the glass and look at it. Oh, man. But we paid. We did the full Vatican tour. We did the Vatican tour this time with her family. Super rewarding. It w- yes. Yeah. That's cool. Well, it's, the sculptures there, aren't they? They're, like, shocking. There's so Not much stuff. Not, there's just so much you don't yeah, get. there's like so the, much cool stuff, like inf- like back information that you would never know. Right. That's not on the Wikipedia page and stuff. Like he, we go through and there's a, a bronze statue that's kind of weird. It's, like, abnormal. He's like, this bronze statue is super rare. Because it was found buried, the reason it was buried is because people were superstitious back then. This this statue Whoa. was struck by lightning, oh. which was seen as bad. So they buried it. Put a sign when we when we uncovered it, there was a sign saying like, "Stay away from this thing." Whoa! It's been struck by lightning. It's bad luck. <laughs> That's the only reason that bronze survives because every piece of bronze was stolen and re- repurposed. Oh wow! The Colosseum, all the bronze fittings that were like hold the bricks in place have been plucked out. And there's like statues in the Vatican that they're like, yeah, this was the the huge uh, Berlusconi or not Berlusconi, Berlusconi the, um, <laughs> Botticelli. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna kill my the name now. Wait, I'll, it'll come to me. Um, Bernini. Bernini. Bernini's uh, altarpiece inside the Vatican um, was melted down from bronze and iron, and from the that was plucked. the The Colosseum was just a quarry. At, once it started, once the Roman times were done, it was just like, oh, I need some rocks for my house. <laughs> Go pluck it off that thing. Oh, wow. It's just sitting there. No one cared about it. That's why it's crumbled because it was just, it was a quarry. People would just it was so picked over. They can they can point out bricks on the in the Vatican. They're like, this came from the Colosseum. This was like stolen from the Colosseum Crazy. and used as a part of the brick. Oh, wow. For this thing, all the bronze fixtures and the lights and like you know, at one point it was like a building with lights and like yeah sconces and stuff and for holding candles and torches and things. All that stuff was plucked out and looted and melted wow. down for weaponry or or statues or other things. I was. We learned so much about the paintings too, and the painters, like just the backstory on Michelangelo. Like everyone, like kind of hating on each other and putting one in a painting. Yeah, there's all sorts of shade in Michelangelo's. In yeah, the, Michelangelo. In the there's that story we got. He was talking shit about Da Vinci. He thought Da Vinci was talking shit about him to his students, but he was actually <laughs> praising him. So he shit on him in front of all of them. And Da Vinci Whoa. was just kind of like, okay, uh, that's Michelangelo. Really there's, there's shade. Not, I, 
highly recommend. Yeah. There's shade being thrown tour. in the Sistine yeah. Chapel. Like there's a huge wall piece and one of uh, Michelangelo's critics, um, he painted him on there as the devil. Uh, with a small dick. That was like, the first diss <laughs> track. Super ugly. Yeah. yeah. It was pissed and tried to like, Whoa! Uh, <laughs> tried to petition petition later popes like I want this painted over and they all said like fuck you get out like no we're it. you know that's awesome but then that painting was censored because there's a lot of penises in it and yeah it, it was like censored and they tried to uncover it lots of crazy history I don't know it's it, the tour was really fun I mean you can see a lot of the stuff on your own the the route the route through the once you get into the Vatican Museum I mean this is uh the Vatican Museum. It's weird that people think the Sistine Chapel is like this huge thing. It's That's like, apparently small. It's a little tiny room. I mean, it's yeah. a big room, but it's a tiny part of a huge complex. Yeah. And there's a weird, really weird path they kind of guide you through to get there. So you walk through the Vatican art collections. I mean, there's like a Francis Bacon in the Vatican uh, art collection. That's a weird there's one all these to have ben in the Sean Vatican. Paintings, like really kind of ben specific, Sean? specific weird, weird stuff. Yeah. There's a really ac- there's a Picasso, nice collection. all that kind of stuff. But yeah, a really interesting art collection. Um, and they walk you through that on the way to the Sistine Chapel, and then uh, yeah, I don't know, it's it's fascinating. But the Whoa. but the basilica is just fo- totally free to get into. They have mm. a line now for metal detector line, and that when you know if a big crowd comes, the line gets kind of long. But it's you guys waited in the line; it was like fifteen minutes or something. Yeah, and if you wait till the end of the day to go in, like yeah, the last that's hour, part of what we do no is we always there. try to. You just don't go in the morning people. or the afternoon when everyone's yeah. going there. But I was going to say, I mean, we love going to London, absolutely love going to Paris, but there's just something about Italy. I don't know if... That's what everyone says. They say Italy's like the best. Italy's really cool, man. I mean, even if... I, a week is still so short. It's super laid back. We went, we went to a small town. There's a, there's a place called the Cinque Terre, five towns. Um, that's kind of a popular tourist spot. The coastal ones? Yeah, the coastal oh, yeah. town. They're right on the cliffs. They're real picturesque and everything. Um, we wanted to visit that, but we based outside of it in this other town called Porto Venere. Nobody goes to this town, Porto <laughs> Venere. No English people at all. Super authentic, coastal. All this beauty of this other town that somehow is famous, these five towns that are clustered. But over here, and no one goes to it. And it was just so kick-ass. And the laid-back attitude is what I'm trying to talk about. It's like we go down to the boat. I'm like, oh, man, I want to rent a boat here. Let's go out in this like cool harbor and check all this stuff out. And I go down, and I'm looking around. I saw a sign for, like, boat rental. I'm looking around. And there's, like, a dude. I mean, it's like a comic. It's like a sketch. Yeah. It's almost like that Saturday Night Sketch where they look over at the directors, like, sitting at a table, eating some pasta. There's a guy sitting there, like, you want a boat? Take a boat. Just, just take like, it? I'm like, uh, you know, I'm used to bringing boats and Kelly, where you have to, like, yeah. fill out a sign form. A they have to tell you what to do and what not yeah. to do. How to fingerprints. Just like, <laughs> there's a background <laughs> check. <laughs> yeah. This is the attitude of, like, Italy in general. He's like, take wow. it. Wow. And I'm like, yeah, where will I find you? He's like, oh, I'll be here. <laughs> yeah. And of course he was. He found us yeah. when we came. So back we just like t- he didn't tell us one thing like how to run it, how to where not to go. Damn. He's just like, eh, have fun. And then, like we just go and do stuff and like cruise around on this boat. So everyone says about Italy, they're like, it's epic. It's super mellow and everyone's really nice. The Ex- food's great, except for Rome. That's what I Rome do has like a there's a hectic city Rome, vibe to that. Yeah, you spend half your time there because I just think it's, and then go out of it. Yeah, yeah. and then you. Then you go Florence apparently is amazing. Yeah, People say amazing. Florence is great. So much we art there. Yeah. So yeah, we went to a new place. So think of Italy as a boot. You've seen yeah. the boot of Italy. It's yeah. got a little heel. We were. Her family wanted to go to Capri. You know, the island of Capri. You heard about that? It's like which you we know, would like. So to, we're sitting there, like looking at it, looking into going there. This is July. 
the height of tourist season. Like you're insane. Yeah. We started thinking like, why are we trying to go to Capri in July? This is stupid. So I started researching out other places and almost just almost like a spin the globe. Like I looked at Italy and went, I wonder what the heel's like. What's up? What's happening on the heel? I started looking up at towns on the heel and just. We reached out to locals though too, and a lot of people. Yeah, I reached out to a couple people. I'm like, have you been to this? And they're like, yeah, it's awesome down there. And I was reading all this stuff like this place. This town sounds great. Lecce. Have you heard of Lecce? I never heard of it until uh-huh. I looked. Up, I was like, what town is on the heel? Lecce. L e c c e. Fucking baroque treasure. Yeah, it's a baroque. There's all this super well preserved baroque architecture. These churches with super ornate stuff, really encrusted with gold and all this stuff. It's a four hour train ride from four Rome hour train ride to the train, other side to the coast, to the, Mediterranean. And then you're on this peninsula, right? The boot is like a peninsula. The town's right in the middle. So from that town, you're a half an hour drive from every single part of the whole coast, either direction. You can go yeah. left, you can go right, you can go straight down. Half an hour to the beach. Again, we didn't These hear beaches any are Americans. fucking wow. awesome. So it's quiet, no secluded. At all. Cool. The beaches are insane. I mean, the guy, the guy from our bed and breakfast type place was like, he's like, all we do in July is go to the beach. So you're gonna be, you're gonna see crowds. And he was not joking. <laughs> we went, we drove. <laughs> we're driving there. Nobody on the roads. I'm like, man, this is great. This is so awesome. We're like in this like <laughs> paradise with nobody here. We get to the town, the first town. We get like, I just picked a town. Like, let's go to this town. Parking, looking around, nobody. Ghost town. What the fuck's happening? We like, <laughs> let's park, let's park, and go to the beach, see, see what's happening. We go, we get our stuff, we like walk, turn the corner. Nobody still, like on the beach. Like, there's a freaking little <laughs> nobody. Turn the corner, 8,000 people on the beach. <laughs> Literally, he was not joking. Everybody just yeah. goes to the beach and that's it. Like, like it looked like that Huntington Beach surf contest shit where it was just completely packed out. The town is a ghost town right yeah. there. Right, look, like step off the sand, there's nobody. Yeah. On the sand, everybody. Yeah. Everybody is on sand. That's <laughs> we it. We only found standing yeah. room. We walked like, through. We no, like, like, we couldn't like I've lay never, down. We just, but it was still, it was fun. It's the culture. It's, it's the culture. Yeah, we just walked. That's so cool. And I found a, a two foot square little spot and i just stood and it went this is my spot <laughs> and no one even cares like no one's looking yeah. at you like what are you doing dude like it's just like yeah i'm, I'm here <laughs> wow. i'm here sorry lady like right here like i'm just this is my spot and we just went swimming and uh, you know ideally you get a they have a culture there where you buy an umbrella uh-huh. and these places owns chair. parts of the beach so you get you, you know you give them a couple bucks and they you get a lounge chair and an umbrella but all those were taken so there was just like the public beach which is where everyone else who can't get an umbrella is just packed into. Wow. So we're on this like public beach, but there's like rock jumps, people jumping off rocks and, you know, crystal clear. It just, I mean, look at this book. It's insane. Um, and the yeah. whole coast is like that. Every single town, it has cliffs or sand or, you know, postcard style where you're just like, this is insane. But yeah. Even though it's hectic, there's still something so relaxing because everyone's like family there. It's just yeah, and the food just retarded how good yeah. it is. It's like Olive Garden. When you're here, you're family. <laughs> exactly yeah. like Olive Garden. <laughs> yeah. Wow. yeah, we're vegans. We can't even eat all the good food there. Yeah. And it's still incredible. Oh, yeah. When you say you're vegan, do they understand what you mean? Or are they like, oh, we've heard of this? No, a lot of the guys joke at us. We went, we went to Noro, which is a small town in Sardinia, which mm-hmm. is the island also out in the middle. Sardinia. Mm-hmm. Okay. Out in the middle of uh, the Mediterranean. And uh, really one guy... Incredible. I mean, it's they're famous for seafood. It's like an island in the Mediterranean where, like, yeah. historically, it's all about seafood. So we go to this place, and we're like, uh, "Do you have anything 
without without meat and he's we're, we're, uh, somehow we said like we're, we're vegans and he's just like get out of here <laughs> <laughs> he basically kicked us out he was joking but he was like yeah. kind of serious at the same time <laughs> like you tell him he's just like you're stupid you've like, offended my family you're like, you can't, he's like why are you coming to this place that has like the best seafood ever yeah and you're not gonna eat it you're a dummy yeah <laughs> he was like really yeah. mad at us <laughs> But then he still served us really great food. And yeah, we still had great other food. Other people took it upon them to try to make us the Yeah, best one food. restaurant we went to, we told a guy, and this guy had studied, like, in Copenhagen and w- came back to his, like, super small hometown just to, like, be the bro, you know, like, like, w- like world-class chef. Yeah. And he's just, like... And we're like worried that they're not even going to know what vegan is. But I'm like, I'm like, we're vegans. Like, ah, it's a challenge. I'll make you like, and he just, and every night we went to this place after this, cause he made the most insane food Nothing that on the menu. we couldn't it basically, was it was, we were ruined. Like the bar was set and we couldn't go back. So we basically went to the same place every night. It's kind of a fancy place. And we called it the prey to food. He'd be like, he, we'd walk in and, he, and it was like already like, we have only been there for like, a, we were only there for a week, mm-hmm. but we felt like home, like locals. Yeah. We'd walk in, he'd be like, the usual? <laughs> and he would just start bringing us stuff out, little small plates of but things. But it wasn't the same. The parade of food, it we called it. It was always different. So every day was yeah. a new challenge. Yeah, and he just kept bringing plates cool. until we were like, okay, we've had it. Yeah, we'd have to stop. I'm like, dude, that, stop bringing stuff. <laughs> what are the odds there's a vegan dish there called the Templeton now? Probably. I doubt it. <laughs> Probably a small <laughs> picture of you cool? guys. Yeah. Yeah. There's a vegan burger named after him in London, but we never there went is, to try yeah. it. Oh, there you go. Not out of the realm of possibility now. All over Europe, there's going to be vegan options with your <laughs> name on them. Yeah, but in Italy, it's great. There were so many, like, they know they go by Vegano and Vegetel, and there, there's vegan restaurants now, uh-huh. and vegan Yeah, there's a lot of vegan, ve- it's not hard to eat in Europe anymore. Got All right. smoothies every day. <laughs> You nerds. <laughs> you vegan nerds. Well, I mean, you guys make it sound fun. I know the the the, the heel of Italy story. I'm just like, I need... Yeah. I'm, I'm leaving now. Nobody I'm goes flying there. flying there Nobody now. goes there. And it's just... It's really affordable. Not to say... It just sounds... It's so way great. cheaper. The beaches are insane. It's so beautiful. So nice. All these towns are just... You just drive around. Fuck. You just drive around. We parked at one place and you had to walk through a forest... And then you leave this forest, and there's this little kind of cliff with a little nook of a beach with little, fat, you know, like picture postcard stuff that you're just like, this That's is insane. Crazy. And the water's warm, and uh, yeah, it's like there's no really nothing to complain about. We're not even, really we're not even, we're like, we're the kind of tourists that yeah. prefer to be in cities, shooting photos, going to art stuff, culture yeah. stuff. But I you, thought I would hate this kind of stuff. I I like going to beaches and stuff. I mean, I don't know. Huh. That's, that's really great. Nice. You got to come with us, Kevin. We've All right. we've been talking about this. You, we would mesh so perfectly as a travel companion. I think. Well, because <laughs> I'd be like, "What? I don't get it." And you're like, "This is how it goes. We've done this. <laughs> you do this, and then you do this, and you do yeah." This. We would help you go through all that stuff. Then yeah. also, we would enjoy going to all the cultural stuff with you. Yeah, that's true. Only and you have an uh, open schedule. You can, yeah, and you're rich enough to just drop. I'm not rich enough. To you're rich enough. <laughs> you're rich enough. I'm not saying you're rich. I'll, I'll, I'll dial that back. You can afford <laughs> to drop everything yeah. and go to Europe on a whim. That's that's that, yeah. dropping everything. Going to Europe on a whim is pretty fucking expensive. No, on a whim. On a whim. Yeah. Like a week away. Nah, if you yeah. like, if right. you plan it a little bit ahead of time. Okay. Yeah. You, you can, if you don't buy, if you're buying Europe tickets less than a month away, you're getting hosed. 
Yeah, we did. But how much I, was our month in Europe? We like, did a if you in went Europe, in August, like five grand. right now it's March. If you're like, I'm gonna, I'm just the plane tickets. I'm saying you got that's the thing. The plane you gotta, tickets are over a thousand, like a thousand to fifteen. Yeah, round trip. Always. Yeah. 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 So that's the, your big chunk of the Yeah, hotels. dude, you're loaded. You can do this. I'm really not loaded <laughs> at all. If we were to say, like, we're going to go to Europe in a month, we're going to, you know, for a week, you can do that for probably around $4,000. It depends on For that. two people or one person? Just for you. He's or, got that in his couch right now somewhere. I have just none of that. Forgot. Like, if couch. I reach in here, I'm going to find two grand. You both it's know It's going to cost you more <laughs> because you have dogs I see. You're going to have yeah. to get a uh, puppy hotel. Yep. <laughs> that's going to cost you. I have a dog sitter and a house sitter that will have to be here. Yeah. Yeah. We had to do that with our cat forever, too. I mean, we, right. had, we had to hire a, when he had cat diabetes, we had to hire, we'd go on these trips and we'd have to hire a special person who was like qualified to give him shots and stuff. So, wow. yeah, my like dog now gets five pills a day at super very specific high end times. Dog sitter. So. My you you met Europe. He he humped my leg as you, you walked in. You met my round trip ticket. Yeah, you met you met Sardinia. You met the Horn yeah. of every of Africa. Yeah. You met him. You met my trip yeah. to Europe. He's very cute. <laughs> it's in pill form three times a day yeah. into yeah. that dog. Yeah. You know what was a trip? If we're still uh, going here, I don't know how you yeah. feel about time. You're the one. You, I have nothing to go. do. South Africa. We have 14 minutes until this card is full, so right. we can do that. <laughs> you guys, but yeah, you're you're. We're at the time you said you guys need to bounce up. And get back for our club meeting for our next trip to Canada. Whoa, Canada, crazy! Just a driving trip. Though. Okay. I think we're gonna do a Debbie. You drive to Canada? Yeah. That's what we do. Two days. Yeah. Yeah. We never fly to Canada. Oh, okay. <laughs> Especially Vancouver, the Pacific, Pacific Coast. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Not to Montreal. Although I have driven to Montreal. Car trip to Toronto? Do I it. Might, <laughs> I might drive to Portland in June, even though I'm supposed to fly. I want to just be like, give me the money, and I'll drive just it. like rent a car and it's drive like a day up the coast. And a half, two days. Oh, it's so it would fun. be it'd be unbelievable. Like PCH is coast. like you take it for granted. Like you have the most amazing coastline yeah. in America here. And then from there, from Portland, it's only five hours more to get to vancouver <laughs> right yeah 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 and you're already like almost there yeah. vancouver yeah. island is lovely if i can implore anything to the listeners of this podcast <laughs> I'd like please to implore it implore away just get out of your house and go check stuff out i'm shocked at the people who live in la who haven't been to yosemite yeah right. it's like five hours away one of the most awesome places in the world grand canyon's eight hours away yosemite's Six hours away. That's one I haven't done, and I, I s- I'm like ashamed of it at this point that I haven't been to Grand Canyon. I'm like, I've lived here my whole the, life. It's in, it's really it's really close. And I'm doing it in this summer. And you'll you be may- shocked. Put it, put it this way: you like you think you have seen it. Mm. It's gnarly. I hear it's breath <laughs> like it's on a, the scope is like you're like oh, I've seen the photos, but when you get there, you're no. like. What? It's, it's Am different I when you're looking standing on the edge of it. Yeah, apparently the Grand Canyon's it's one of those things where you're like, wait, no, wait, wait, wait. Yeah, you're like, now I get it. This it's is a those. really big hole. I'm doing it this summer either for my birthday or just at some point in the summer. I'm not waiting another year and not seeing the Grand Canyon. Yeah, just drive out there. I mean... I like that you heard about the blooming, the blooms in the super bloom, the death yeah. valley. Yeah, you're like I'm doing it. I was on that in less than a week. I'm like I'm either going alone, you did or it. with yeah. a group. Yeah, I just got a bunch of people. I was, see, like, that's the place. I, that's I have a guilty thing about death valley for some he's reason. Like super into the desert. For I some love reason, the desert. Like, the desert, like the the idea of death valley doesn't didn't seem like appealing. Like oh, just it's hot and it's flat. Yeah, and it's gross. But yeah. Well, in in, nice? in <laughs> early March, either first week of March or end of February is when we went, 
the weather's fine. It's like warm, but it's not like, you know, 150, yeah, how, right. how Death Valley can get. And the flowers everywhere, like every decade or so, there's always desert wild wildflowers, but every decade or so, they'll get extra rain out super there bloom. and you'll get a super bloom. And you're driving through and it's there's just nothing. It's just like dry, brown, just desert, which I already like. And then you're you're heading down the straight road and then just slowly all this yellow and orange appears and you're like, Oh wow. And then you kind of drive into it and you stop and get out of the car and you can walk just walk through it. There's no fences, there's no nothing. Yeah. And it's just endless fields of these flowers. That's nice. And against this backdrop and you're like this is just the most unbelievable thing and knowing too that in a month it's all gone. That's it. Like it's just there for a moment. It's just the coolest looking thing. Take that, Europe. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's. I mean, there's something you said about there's a lot of stuff in your own backyard. Yeah, yeah. There's that see America first thing they try to get people to do. That's like the big travel thing. See America first. It's true. There's a lot of really yeah. cool stuff here, especially in California. There's so. I mean, much I watched here. that National Parks documentary. It did make you be like, "There's a lot of shit to see in America." Yeah, Yosemite Zion National Park and all that stuff. What's that's, the? That's all close. All that stuff's really close. Yeah, if you're at the close. Grand Canyon. You might as well go to Zion. Yeah. yeah. And Bryce Canyon and Arches, all those parks right there in Southern yeah. Utah. It's, you're right there. Yeah. <laughs> you're literally. What, right what's there. the big one in um, Yellowstone, right? In Wyoming or Yellowstone? Yeah. I've been there too. That's it's also just, where it's, Yogi Bear lives. Is that? Yeah. So that's you can see Yogi. Yogi, that's Yogi. Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, that's right. Right. You're right. You're right. It's, it's like Jelly a house Stone tour. National Park. Yeah. <laughs> Jellystone's east of Yellowstone. Right. right. <laughs> so that's probably amazing too. Adjacent. Yeah, but there's a giant uh, jelly geyser in Jellystone. So. Right. But part of that is like uh, part of Yellowstone is the Grand Tetons right yeah. there. It's all, you know, it doesn't just end at that one square. There's like everything around it is just equally as awesome. Uh, Have you been to Montana? I've driven through Montana. That's number one on my list of places in America to go. It's they don't joke around with big country. I got. They're not there. kidding. Yeah, it's. I got a, a ticket there because there's like that. There's a. Sort of a wives' tale about there's no speed limit in Montana. So uh-huh. as soon as we hit it, I was just like flooring it. <laughs> <laughs> Got pulled over. Was like, hey, I thought there's no speed limit here. It's like, you know how many times a day I hear that? Yeah. <laughs> also, <laughs> you were t- doing 143. Ticket, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, California plates or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, no, it's it's really amazing up there. Yeah. We Idaho. I've heard Idaho's I, cool. I've I mean I've through skateboarding I've driven physically driven through every 50 state all oh, the 50 states, no way except for alaska i've driven through every 50 state and montana was my last one i had never been to montana until wow. my one of my last tours we drove through montana and so butte yeah. or billings butte, billings butte and then yeah. uh helena, helena 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 however you say helena okay uh it's supposed yeah. to be awesome yeah i mean r- road tripping is kind of like part of the american yeah thing you know i mm-hmm. i kind of laugh about it like i'm working on a big photo um body of photographs of my skateboarding life and i'm looking into it and realizing like robert frank thinks he's all cool driving across the country once or twice you know they're all sweating jack kerouac who like, didn't even drive and like did it one time yeah i've driven across the country from california to the east coast and back zigzagging every 50 state Every year in the in the whole ninety to two thousand zone. Wow! Like I've got a lot of road miles. Yeah, I dropped the mic. <laughs> you know, like, and I was like starting to look at my photos and going, "Man, I have like, talk about hitting the road. I've got a lot of photos, man." <laughs> like, yeah, that's from cool. this uh, from this country in a way. Yeah, road tripping is an important thing to do, especially when you're younger and you have the free time where you like we could just spend a week and a half aimlessly roaming through America. 
you see so much cool stuff. There's a whole culture, yeah. And you just yeah. hit all these small towns and I don't know. I'm a fan. That's yeah. what I implore to the viewers, to the listeners. You've been implored, viewers or listeners. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, go buy your film. You have to go pick up film at the photo lab. Nerd. I thought I ordered some. I gotta check my Amazon history. <laughs> gotta check how many Ilfords did you get? Did you get enough Ilfords? What does that word mean? <laughs> just type of film. You just okay. throw photo words out. <laughs> did you get enough Ilfords? Oh, did you even correctly use it or no? no. Oh, <laughs> okay. Brand of film, right? Yeah, I used to buy Ilford sepia when I was yeah. in like high school. But you wouldn't call it an Ilford. You'd call it. A yeah, roll. I call it whatever the fuck I want. <laughs> <laughs> I got all these Ilfords. But I you probably will got be an corrected. Ilford or two laying around, right? <laughs> in somewhere <laughs> in my garage. <laughs> Kodak supporters, though. Okay, are you Kodak people? Is there a line on the sand? No. Well, this oh, this brand support. Yeah, brand no. support. Oh, okay. I, we use Kodak Tri-X film. When I'm in Europe, it's the worst fight I've seen you two ever have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they are heated right now. <laughs> I did a Kodak commercial once. You did? Wow. Yeah, years ago with the DP of ET. Whoa. I dropped some film canisters, and that was the big joke. Right. Do you have a like a check stub that has a Kodak logo on it? Should no, no, it wouldn't have said that. It wouldn't have said Kodak on it. It's just some accounting firm based yeah. somewhere. Like Talent Partners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it says like here's your money. You're yeah, like, okay. not interesting at all. You get no souvenirs at all. I wish you could opt into like if you're doing a commercial for a brand, you're like, give me half of what you're gonna pay me, and then give me like a bunch of Kodak film. Or give me like you never get a there's discount never a on person whatever, on yeah. set that is in any way yeah. in charge of that at all. Like a car, I wish there was the car guys. It's so it it'd be such a pain in the ass. It'd be like okay, I, I, I think I have to call Bob who yeah. works in like it's a there's no yeah, one there it'll ever. Take four months to get that. Like if you did an in and out commercial, I'd be like. Give me half of where you're gonna pay yeah, me, you make and gift then card. free in and out for five years. They, that person, like, they'd be like, we're, then I we're don't done. even know who to ask, man. Can I yeah. just give you money? Like they just be like, yeah. we're giving you money. That like, would use be the money. The best. Yeah, well, I yeah. once got a Cartoon Network journal. That's literally uh-huh. it. Yeah, that's all I've ever gotten in 15 years. The of David doing Cho story. The what, David? Which one? Dude painted a mural at Facebook. And, uh-huh. uh, oh, yeah, got, got stock. stock. Got yeah. stock and is Cashed now out for loaded. $100 million. Dollars. No loaded. more. For $500 million. Yeah. There's, he, they can't tell. He has, they don't know if he cashed out, though. Like, yeah. he hasn't said if he's cashed out or how much Good, of it. Smart, smart of he, him to do that. Yeah, he keeps it quiet. He stopped yeah. making art and you don't hear about him because he's just hanging out in his one of his villas somewhere in the world. He has that weird warehouse yeah. downtown. He still makes art in there. I mean, I guess I don't know if he's like selling it or doing whatever. Know. Art in <laughs> quotes. He's, he's got a lot of crazy <laughs> stuff going on in there. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> we have friends in common that can't be a part of this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's getting crazy. All right. All right, uh, thanks guys. Yeah, thanks for Thank thanks you. for doing this. This Hopefully was enlightening. It was interesting. I thought we were going to talk about way different stuff than we did, but that's kind of nice. No, I think it's a good like you guys are normal people that go to Europe all the time. Yeah. Well, what did you think we were going to cover? I don't know. Did? In my head, I was like, I'm going to tell them how we how we uh, get out of planes. <laughs> And oh like yeah! Navigate through airport like like practical travel tips. Type I I but actually that, what's funny is I had questions related to that, but then you're you were telling so many interesting stories about being there. I was like, this beats like how do how do I check my baggage and save money on whatever? Right, right, right. Because these are things like you mentioned four or five places to go that I was like, I now know I now know to go there. Yeah. Versus like how do I you know? If you can't. We didn't even talk about Copenhagen. Yeah. 
That's true. Well, we'll have you back. You can focus solely on Copenhagen. <laughs> yeah, the Copenhagen episode. Um, yeah. But yeah, Lecce and then that museum in Berlin. Those two right there for yeah. me were Berlin like... Berlin in general, yeah. There's a lot of stuff to see there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I was just going to say something about... Um, it's the whole... Like, hu- uh, trying to watch how humans work. And I have a theory about... like You're in a plane. It's a tube of people. When that plane lands, that tube of people is just getting put into a pipeline and going through a system. Yeah. Like so, the next checkpoint is the when you're getting going to Europe, for instance. Like, is the passport line? You're gonna mm-hmm. go to the passport line. So the key is like, even if you're at the back of the plane, in that point A to point B situation, run. <laughs> we get we get off the plane. We get off the plane and we fucking book it. We we power walk <laughs> past everybody. So that we're in the front of that giant turd of people going to the, <laughs> yeah, the passport. Right, yeah. you know? yeah, yeah. Like we'd, and I would do it with my, uh, our filmer, Kevin, and he's, he'd always be like, man, I fucking hate traveling. You guys are all stressed out, trying to rush That's through everything. Funny. And I'm like, you know, you're not understanding. Like, I'm just, I'm saving us literally 20 minutes in line. Yeah. Because we're passing 350 people on that plane to the spot where they're going to check every single person on this plane's passport. Yeah. You know, it's like, why not? Why not just pass them all? Hurry through the stuff that sucks. Yeah. Just get through the shitty stuff. Land, run to Lecce. Like I don't run, (laughs) I don't run to the luggage carousel because you're just going to sit there and wait for your luggage anyway. Yeah. But but from the plane to the passport line, run. Yeah. On the way to the luggage carousel, (laughs) exchange your money, get a snack. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. You have time in that one. But you have 20 minutes. But like when you can, avoid the people, you know? So yeah, we do it. We spend a lot of time thinking about crowds and how they work yeah and how to avoid the crowds and where to, when to eat and all that stuff in europe in general because yeah because it's just a better experience when there's less people yeah you can go That's to australia true. for less people there's less people there hmm. we'll, do also, we'll talk about australia to... next time all right thanks too long a flight <laughs>